Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm JP. I'm Gareth. And I'm Steph. And we're all here. It's Wrestle Kingdom weekend. It's a celebration. We've got to be here, so we got Steph on. Steph, how's it going? Oh, it's great. Thank you. I'm happy to be here after tonight's of Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, yeah, it's all good. It's 2021. Yay. <laughs> Things have got better already. No. <laughs> yeah, we're, all, we're only in lockdown version three, you know. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine, you know. It'll work out. Fuck me. Yeah, like it's... Uh, just when you think things are going well uh, I, feel, I feel like was it not Monday that like the government were literally saying oh yeah all the kids can go back to school and then Tuesday yeah. they're like you know what kids shouldn't go to school you know I think that's a bad idea uh, I feel like you've been right in the middle of it all JP yeah it, w- it was Sunday when he um, mm. when he said it yeah it's very sobering uh, listening to <laughs> all of that something I've needed but um, it was Sunday he said it on Andrew Marr like send your kids into mm. school and then by Monday night he's not so, uh, mm. as like a lot of teachers, we've had to completely restructure what it is we're going to be teaching. So we're not entirely sure of that. Uh, so mm. loads of planning kind of gone as a result of it. And it all seemed very obvious from mid December that something like this was needed. And you say this, you're mm. in Liverpool where they were giving out the sort of tests and everything else and the blanket mm. way. And they just didn't repeat anywhere else. It just, just seemed to be a Liverpool special, that one. Yeah. It's just like, why not? It- this. Let's let's give something back to Liverpool for once. They thought we'll test everyone during a pandemic and film Batman. It's a good there. thing as well. It's like even even though like oh yeah, <laughs> I feel like the two things might be connected there. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, when I like for for me, it's like it means if I do do something or go out or I see family get tested before and after and it's it's great i feel like it makes life a lot easier i can't believe it's not been extended right through like steph you got tested when you were here going back through to belfast and yeah, you know it's twice it, it gives you a bit of gives you a bit of like peace of mind doesn't it and just makes things a lot easier like that's one of the few good ideas they've had and yeah like you said jp it's another one of those things they haven't stuck to it's not well, it's, the government is it yeah, I was, was going to mm. say, you were saying there, like, it's a good idea that they haven't done. Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> basically, if it's a bad idea, let's do it. If something appears to be, like, working in some kind of positive way, let's do the fucking complete opposite. You know, like, my Sarah's mm. the same. Like, she's just been on the way to work, just popping in, getting a test. If I'm not, she's negative, like that, you know, within the hour kind of thing. And just, like, great, peace of mind kind of thing. Go about your business. If it came back positive, then obviously she's just go home you know sort of thing like surely mm. that's a very simple solution but yeah simple solutions aren't necessarily the uh, the easiest for people to implement are they so yeah, I'm, I'm waiting so for a te- to get one sorry i was gonna say it was really good to get one before christmas like to give you that peace mm. of mind uh mm. i don't know why they don't do it everywhere else it's crazy it's the tories yeah. and that's boris for you isn't it really? Yeah. Um, the we laziest, have, like, sh- laziest man in the world. He never, never. He doesn't do anything, and then he makes out. Doesn't oh, a bit the- when he's done something wrong either. Yeah, and he go. And here's the awful option. Sorry, it's not the best, but it's the only case. It's the only situation that we can we can do. So we just have to lock down, rather like hmm. Brexit. But that was another fucking <laughs> shit show. Um, yeah. And people, yeah, people vote for him. You get zero yeah. sympathy it- from me. The, the people Looking who still you, do, and you're surrounded. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you're surrounded by a lot of them, JP. <laughs> like the people who still do, like God help them. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. I've I've had I've thought dark things going through Oxfordshire market towns, hearing hope spun <laughs> wisdom, 
from someone mm. who lifts up shit. Like, <laughs> telling me why this is right. Well, clearly, you know all about trade, don't you? Where's your van yeah, again? Sorry, that's incredibly classist. But that is kind of how it is. And it gets worse. In fact, Didcot was voted, and that's not that far from it, was voted one of the, the worst towns um, in England to live in. That's in Oxfordshire, like, and it is a mm. special level of thick as well. Like, I don't know, mate, you have been to Walton, so like, I, I feel like you know there's a counter to that point. But I think they're quite canny in Walton. Like, they know still what's going on. Just fucking dozy. <laughs> Absolutely dozy. <laughs> Sorry, just slagged off Oxfordshire. Don't, don't worry, everyone. They'll, they'll probably be. They'll probably change his mind, and there'll be an announcement tomorrow that we're all free to just do whatever we want and like go and have meals for like twenty five percent of the price or something like that. Like that'll be that'll be it from tomorrow. We've just just done a big U turn on something. So, so don't get too down about it. I'm sure they'll uh, change their minds pretty quick. Mostly, I, I was going to say like I felt bad for you, like well for, for Sarah Gary because when we did the uh, the Q and A last week on the on the Sunday, she was supposed to be going the Everton match, wasn't she, with Alex? And it was like at that point were we tier two, and like by the morning of the game we were tier three. It was just fucking uh, honestly. Uh, literally, no, literally, we uh, Sarah's brother had like texted about three hours before kickoff saying like there's a rumor going around here that City have got coronavirus and the game's off, and like like nah, I couldn't couldn't mm. find any information about it, but he was he was in the know. And unfortunately, it was uh, it was correct. And um, but, oh yeah, bless him, uh, Alex Malad. He was absolutely in tears, like he'd been so excited oh. about going back to Goodison, and like he was heartbroken. Bless him. But um, you know, it was it was probably more probably less painful than going to watch going to watch City Everton. <laughs> I don't know, mate. I mean, I saw your game yesterday, so you know, I can look at uh, <laughs> yeah. so, somewhere. Rev Joe is doing somersaults. <laughs> He yeah, is. yeah. He, he 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 told me that at the exact time that Danny Ying scored was exactly the same time that all of the teaching had had to go online, which, as you mm. can imagine, is something that he's not a fan of. Um, mm. And so he just said it was the most bittersweet mixed feelings of like this moment of joy on his birthday, entirely ruined by Boris Johnson, which he mm. told me about in great detail this morning. So like, yeah, yeah, it it. it it was. But saying that, we, do you know, if you want a frightening stat, Arsenal are 10 points behind Liverpool. That is frightening. Yeah. And we were going down a week ago. It's on. That's all I'm saying. It's on. You <laughs> doubted me with this Arteta stuff. It's one of them. It's so depressing. Uh, like, it's so depressing. Everyone's saying how bad Liverpool are and laughing at us for our recent results. And then you you, you look at that league table and still still tough. It's uh, it's it blows your mind how uh, yeah. how bad we've been recently. In fact, all season, most of the season, and still still fucking top. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's unbelievable. So hopefully they'll get the shit together in the next couple of weeks and uh, we'll we'll see how close that ten points is, JP, in a, in a month or two's time. <laughs> if the season <laughs> carries on, my breath, that's the yeah. other question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, how can it? Obviously, it will yeah. do. Are they essential workers? Not for staff, but I mean, <laughs> like, I'm kind of relying on a I bit feel of, like football, of football. Full teams essential, so you know. Yeah. Look, if if New Japan can can pack thousands of people into a stadium when Tokyo's numbers are at their peak, you know, ah, some footballers can run about and chase a ball. It's all right. It's fine. It's go- we'll going into okay. lockdown on Thursday is Tokyo, isn't it? Apparently. Is it real? Yeah. Wait, waiting for Wrestle Kingdom to be over. That's what it is. And New Year's Dash. They want to know what storylines they're looking forward to in March, <laughs> April, May. 
Well, that's the big story. Like, uh, Jay White's uh, teasing at time of recording, you know, do, doing a runner from New Japan and uh, his, co- his contract coming due. Like, like, you, like you've been saying, Steph, his, his contract might come due, but he might be stuck in Japan anyway, so he might just have to stay. If he's got dreams of NXT and AEW, it's probably not happening. Yeah, he might be stuck in stuck in Japan for the time being. That's mm. pretty unfortunate, you know, unless he wants to do a runner, I don't know, right after the end of New Year's Dash. Yeah, the he's, real New Year's Dash. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, it will be the real New Year's Dash. <laughs> oh, we'll see. Um, uh, well, before we get into uh, New Japan and all of that stuff, got to ask JP. How's your head? How you feeling, mate? You're okay. It's been a it's been a week since we uh, we did the Q and A. Uh, in fact, I asked Steph. Steph, at the point that you came on the show with us, like scale of one to ten, how pissed were we? And how pissed were we when you tuned back in later when uh, when JP was giving us scouse facts and uh, telling us all kinds. Uh, we got we got all kinds of scoops from the, from JP on that live stream for the uh, for the people who stuck with us on YouTube. The uh, the edited version uh, in the audio world uh, might be a, a little bit more tame. I think when I came on, like you and Gareth, I'd put at a four out of ten, and JP a steady seven. Um, <laughs> getting worse on the drunkenness. So then when I left and tuned back in, like an hour later, then another hour later, then another hour later, and another. <laughs> like you, you got right well, well past a ten, JP. <laughs> That might be some of the most drunken podcasts I've ever heard. I, Brian Alvarez had laid a challenge down, clearly, and I, <laughs> and, I, and I thought I needed to have a crack at it, which I did in glorious style. Um, it's you were the life and soul of it, mate. I was. I messaged you, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I, I feel really bad. I'm really sorry. And it's just that complete beer fear that hits you, and you're like, except this time I was live on YouTube. So you think, well, that's that in and of itself is a terrifying thought. Not remembering how it finished or what happened. I was, I was in a bad, bad way. It was my New Year's Eve. I think it just yeah. sort of, it, that's basically what it became was like, well, fuck it. This is New Year's Eve. Um, and yeah, I treated it like that as well. Um, I was an absolute, absolute mess. And I can't listen back to it because I said it to you guys before we started recording. It's like being John Malkovich. Like (laughs) listening when you're walking to a drunken version of yourself getting more and more worse and remembering what it was you were drinking at the time and going, oh, Mm. why did I drink gin and a bottle of Newcastle brown ale? What good was going to come out of that? combination being happening very very quick other than i was nostalgic for viz that day um yeah it it was it was brutal you say all this but you were the highlight of everyone's listen myself included like (laughs) you are right there was a point when we did like the hour or so overtime for youtube where presumably you went to bed and you just forgot you were on a stream and we ended up having to end it because you just never came back but other than that you know right 
Me and Gareth can't talk. Me and Gareth did, uh, you know, we we, a, we we probably weren't that bad, but there was a, a point after the show where it was, what time? Like, half two, three in the morning where we thought it was a great idea to go and do Will Cutler's <laughs> Torch podcast, which, like you, JP, I have not gone back and listened to. Apparently, it was a Brit Reg year in review, which I'm terrified <laughs> of. Oh, Sucking wow. us into that one. Oh, yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, do you want, if, you, if you fancy, like, a few, it was like, I said to Gareth and I said it on Twitter, it was like when, um, you know, you go on a night out and it gets to like four in the morning and like you should go home but there's that one bar you know is still open that bar was will cooling's podcast and me and gareth were like ah oh, go on we'll have another drink we'll go wh park got sucked into it into a, into a brit resume review <laughs> just to keep the party going he wasn't even drinking i don't know what his excuse is um i think that's like it my, was my, my, my flashback because i'm like i can't remember much details of it other than us yabbering away for like ages and then be like looking and remembering that like wh park was on the call and probably hadn't oh. said a word for about 40 minutes because we'd just been like <laughs> banging on just like pissed just talking about british wrestling and that's just like oh shit i felt so guilty for him <laughs> uh, full of that i feel like i should just yeah. i'll offer sarah flannery an apology now at this stage <laughs> god love her for, for going on quite like but at that point i was a mess um yeah i don't think she knew what she was getting into either you no. know you and steph were chatting about like nightclubs in belfast like i don't really know what yeah. was going on there there was a whole you were giving Neither them tips weren't you steph you know <laughs> Just- yeah i think we were talking about nightclubs drinking laws what the unique to northern ireland lockdown laws are <laughs> <laughs> all, that, all that top interesting stuff. <laughs> I remember we were chatting about your mum and asking how she was yeah, and if she we wanted were... to come on the show, which is in hindsight best that she probably didn't. Oh, we should have got her on the live Q&A. Was she still up at half two? That could have worked. Um, <laughs> you know what? She would have been still up at half two, yeah. But I remember having a conversation of how my mum could be grapple granny to rival Brian Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Do you reckon she's up we, for we watching have- some Noah as well? <laughs> Just throw that in there. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if if that's where Jay White's headed, she'll certainly give it a go, but I, I'm not sure if we can cross our fingers for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that would have been like the, the cherry on the cake if she'd have uh, came and joined us. But Next oh, year. At that point, I dread to think what you might have asked the JP, but yeah, it was uh, it definitely... I'd like to throw a plug in there for the uh, the PW Torch podcast, but I think it was just an hour of me and Gareth calling everyone nonces, just like JP actually in our, on our YouTube stream was also <laughs> we just, the just last died hour was just JP calling nonces. <laughs> just died the call. What can only be described as libelous. Um. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you say yeah. you, did you say you haven't listened back to to that PW Torch? No, me either. <laughs> maybe, maybe oh, we absolutely not. I will be because um, yeah, we, we we get our daily walk. So I think I can happily listen to you two drunk. So I think I'm I'm gonna have a listen to that. I'll be intrigued. Imagine hmm. Steph if you did that, if you just did all of the ask grappling and just went straight into the BWE by the end. Just f- it'd be interesting for me to see how you two ended up more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were trying to keep up with you, mate. Nah. The last time I can remember being kind of that, that drunk with you two was at that TNT show. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shambles. Uh, are, they, are they not running? I'm assuming they haven't cancelled. Lockdown or no lockdown. <laughs> I, I did have tickets for them in about three weeks' time, so it's clearly that's out of the mm. window now, unless there's a U turn. I don't know. They'll find a way. They're creative. <laughs> you never It'd be know. like those people who set up, what was that, that Dr. Dre orchestra? And they got done for yeah, it in the park. 
Yeah. They got fined thousands of pounds for trying to run that. There's every, there's every chance. Yeah, and it's for it res, isn't it? Someone's going to try. Someone's going to try and run a show with no fans or do something. It's, it's always the way. Um, what can you do? But, yeah, we'll just have to... Uh, we'll live with it. We'll uh, we'll make it work. Apparently, it's only going on until mid-February, so, you know. If it, if it all goes wrong, we'll just get drunk again and go on YouTube live again, JP. That'll be our, that'll be our escape. That'll be our... Uh, I think if we, if we were all planning on having any nights out this year, I think that will those types of things will have to be our nights out. I think that's all we can do. Monday, recording Spotlight, that's a night out. It's the best you can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. So. Yeah, it is. And I'd like to give, actually, a shout-out to... I was going to say I'd like to give a shout out to mm. um, to our friend Jamesy and um, listening to that because one of the things he mentioned, and it's like a slightly more serious note, is about like the positive benefits of podcasting and and like the things that we kind of recognise, like there's the social element where we all get to catch up and have a chat about wrestling and all of those things. I mean, effectively recorded Zoom conversations that people are having, but you do mm. realise the kind of really kind of quite positive benefits of it. And if you can turn it into a session at the main at the same time, then why not? I think obviously if you can hold it, which I clearly can't. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. You know, I think it's definitely been something that's uh, been, a, been a positive coming on here and been like part of this show now is when we've you know been stuck in the house and you know having these social things. Like, definitely looking forward to the start of the week when we can just get on here and it's not some forced work social or it's not some like you know family quiz or something like that. It's just uh, have a crack about wrestling with a few mates, basically sort of thing. And you hit record on the on the on the other end and uh, yeah, definitely a positive and yeah, just a your points really there great to hear jamesy back and you know i think uh, listening listening back to that sort of 10 minute intro that he did there it was just just great to great to hear his voice again and um i know that you know he's got his specific intentions for that show and um it's you know might be a bit niche and things but you know i'll definitely be definitely be listening every week because uh, you know he's going to be coming out with some great takes and introducing you to some stuff that you've not seen before or some things that you've maybe never thought about before as well which will uh will always be a always be a positive yeah the boots and trunks podcast yeah search for that wherever podcast is sold he's uh, started a little twitter account for it as well so you can see that too um yeah like i say jamesy is is the man um and it's great to like i think to start the year with something a bit positive as well you know put Mm. put a bit of positivity back out onto onto the world he's going to be talking about you know there's obviously a lot of parts of wrestling that we uh we all grew to hate in 2020 um and he's gonna in, in 2021 be able to hopefully put a smile on people's face and talk some uh some of the subjects that are, that, that are near and dear to his heart as well so yeah if you're uh, you were a fan of jamesy when he did the match of the month for us or bw with me over on british wrestling experience do uh do check him out um and give him a listen but i suppose we should get into the, the main reason we are here today um we say there's not much to do we're in lockdown but like i said earlier you know new japan still bother the ass to put two shows on there's going to be a third in the morning uh, again at the height of <laughs> covid numbers in tokyo uh, they managed to just sneak it in the, before the wire you know St- steph you're on your your way back to uh back to london aren't you from uh, going home in belfast so you uh you had the unfortunate yeah. pleasure of being at mine to uh to watch this thing um so it's good it's good that uh you know it, it was on it's something it's something we could all watch and enjoy uh, it was good and it came the, with greg's <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there's a there's a particular match that uh, that our listeners will be uh, be glad to know that I definitely uh, headed out and got a got a correct this morning. And I'm, you might notice if you go on the grapple app, there's one match that I haven't rated. It would have been a five stars on Greggle, um, but on the grapple app, I couldn't. Uh, I, I was in a queue in uh, in Liverpool City Centre getting a Greg's in. So yeah, yeah you know, who says he I'm managed no good to host. miss that. <laughs> 
entire match. <laughs> really mm. I saw you got yum yums as well for the order. There was quite a lot of sort of mixture of savoury. There was a vegan sausage mm. roll in there. I probably analysed that order more than really. A- <laughs> Sounds Are you trying to work out whose is whose? <laughs> Sorry? Were you trying to work out who ordered what? Oh, I was. I won't lie. I was thinking, yeah. And I thought the yum-yums, and I thought I've heard him mention yum-yums before. He's done this. He seems like this. He's, you, you like a bit of a bit of sweet and savoury in the morning, which is just a taste explosion, and why not? It's Wrestle Kingdom season. <laughs> It wasn't even it, it wasn't even straightforward either, JP. You joke, but like the thing the thing about Greg's that I didn't know, like apparently they don't make pastries before eleven in the morning anymore. I think maybe it's a lockdown thing. Or while I was in the queue, and this again was during Sonata and Evil, because of course it was. Uh, I did hear a, 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 a very Scouse man ask the woman if a hey, lover you open over the Christmas period. Uh, sorry, over uh, through the lockdown period, and she was like, "Yep, we're staying open right through." So that's a good sign. But apparently they're not making bakes till eleven. So I did have to go to a go to a couple of Greg's before I could get my, my full order in. Um, they were only doing breakfast, with the breakfast are good. <laughs> but I feel like you need like a, you know. I love the vegan sausage rolls. I'm sure Gareth can agree with this, but I need a steak bake for Wrestle Kingdom. It's a, it's a big weekend. I can't uh, I can't go without. You, but you only had the one Greg's over the two days because the problem is two. you had two matches. <laughs> oh, you had two, <laughs> right? And we can completely guess which two matches you watched them in, and, and we'll come round to that when we when we get there. But yeah, I was thinking, and it was the same order both days. <laughs> Well, it was I, the same people, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, not that bacon I, I roll coffee deal that they do. I like okay. that. You get a little meal deal, a little black coffee with it. You know, you can do that with the bakes as well. It, it's also an option. What's your choice, JP? If you ever go to a Greg's, I, I don't know what your order would be, or you're not a Greg's man. You've been with me and Gareth. Before. Oh God, no. I've been with I've been with you two before. I mean, I, I, I haven't been for quite a while. And that Greg's near mm. me is a bit sketchy. It's a sketchy shopping centre at the best of times, but it, it, it looks even sketchier now. Little Strand uh, South. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> and that's where we'll leave that reference. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, but, oh God. Um, but yeah, I would, do you know what? I tend to mix it up. It's either a steak mm. bake, occasionally a chicken bake. I do like that bacon mm. roll and coffee thing. When I was going into work, um, um, that I'd occasionally get one of those, particularly on a Friday, as kind of a little treat mm. to myself. Because the mm. my attitude, this whole lockdown thing, is I'm in prison, um, <laughs> like an awful prison called England. But anyway, I digress. Mm. But like, and so it feels like those little Gregs are the nice little pick me ups in life. Mm. And what's been an awful year and a bit. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, you've got to stock up. You never know. I was, I was Hope, hopefully they're open right through, yep. but, you know, they, they were open for Wrestle Kingdom Day, and that's all that matters. Um, but, yeah, it was... Well, they uh, knew those two it, matches, didn't they? They just they thought business would be up. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the greater, Liver- the greater Liverpool area, as we've, <laughs> we've said many times. There you go. So, yeah, you can't have New Japan without Greg, so we did that, but it was it was good to, to have, like, the, this Wrestle Kingdom weekend coming up. I don't think... You know, it is still weird, even though they've got crowd there. It is still, it's not quite Wrestle Kingdom. Is probably what I'd say. It still feels, I don't know. It's still, it's like eighty percent there, or like just not like a. I don't know. I, I think th- it's a combination of things. Like, I don't know, you know, wh- where you are on this one, Steph. Like, but for me, like, I, I would say over splitting these shows over two days, I think is 
is a task. I think that's like, that's a, any given year, even when New Japan has, was, you know, it had all the foreigners in and when, you know, the, maybe when the roster was at its strongest, maybe a, a year or, or two years ago, filling two days sounds like an easy task, but you do it now, you know, in the middle of COVID where you have to have maybe slightly shorter shows where you maybe the talent roster isn't quite as deep. It is a challenge to do it over two days. I mean, what did you think of it as like a, a two-day event? Did it feel like Wrestle Kingdom to you? Uh, I'm, I'm hoping the Gregs help, but other than that, did it feel like a, a proper Wrestle Kingdom weekend? Oh, well, the Gregs absolutely helped. Um, watch it with two chicken bakes definitely helped. But uh, I think that it looked like a Wrestle Kingdom. It, I think they mm. shot it quite well to cover up the lack of crowd. It was only kind of bits at the sides. You could see big sections. So I mm. feel like that the feeling of it not feeling like Wrestle Kingdom might be more a mental thing for all of us because mm. we know we're in this global pandemic situation and we can't get away from it. It certainly looked more like Wrestle Kingdom than... um if they do the Royal Rumble in the Thunderdome will look like a Royal Rumble. You know what I mean? Like mm. it certainly looked more authentic, but I think they, they did do a really good job. But as far as the two night thing, I would have just cut, cut some of the fat off that and made it one really epic show. I think mm. would have been best. There was some stuff we don't need. We'll get into that, but there was some stuff we, we didn't need that. You could have just had one standalone, really great show. Hmm. Yeah, I think the arguments may be that they're, they're thinking, oh yeah, we'll do we'll do two nights and therefore recoup some of uh, you know the lost ticket revenue from like doing it two nights. Uh, I don't know. What do you reckon, JP? Do you reckon it waters it down? I like I say, I had a, I, I enjoyed both shows. I just felt a little bit like, I mean, we got great matches across the two days that we'll talk about, but I just I did feel a little bit like I wanted more. And maybe it was just because I'm maybe because Wrestle Kingdom to me is you know sitting there for six hours or whatever it has been in past years and you know it being an epic event i think it becoming more of like two manageable chunks um does make it different um you know if not worse i don't know for me i'd have to say it kind of worked and uh, you know my Mm. overall theme is this is actually i wasn't as a I don't know if it came across, it could have come easily come up on the arse grapple. I wouldn't have a clue, but it wasn't a show that I was really looking forward to. Um, mm. and so I found for me, cause I was back at work, obviously on Monday, Tuesday, it was going straight. Mm. I found that it actually worked for me because it was mm. a bit, lot more manageable. So I caught day two kind of this evening and avoided spoilers pretty much for throughout the day, but mm. that felt like okay this is quite manageable i think the thing that i really felt was there are so many better matches they could have had if you were going to have two six match cards you're thinking Mm -hmm. about ishii and suzuki and even Mm -hmm. putting someone like show in there there's all these interesting Mm -hmm. matches you could have had but they Mm -hmm. still found the way of having three what matches of kind of dross that didn't need mm. to exist, didn't really get a reaction and weren't really any good at all. And so I think in the sense, I found myself kind of fantasy booking. Yeah, this Wrestle Kingdom, you could have this, mm. but you could just have two six show cards where all six matches are big hitting matches and they don't all have to be for belts. You know, you mm. could have just chucked Suzuki versus Ishii on there and just mm. would have seen what would have happened if you'd had that on, say, day one. Like, mm. you know, and you'd had that on there and then you'd had Cobb Shingo on night two and you, you then would have hit your kind of 
you know, brutal hoss match style that you would have been able to throw in there. So I, I think for me, I kind of, in, I, I kind of saw the benefits to it. Um, mm. and I'm just glad there's none of that multi-man stuff generally. Mm. Like that's something I've, I just, I haven't missed at all. And I'm really mm. glad it isn't there. And I also like the idea that people don't interact until big matches. I think that's, I don't know, dare I say it, quite good. Mm. Yeah. And for you, Gareth, I suppose it's uh, it's two days worth of, of getting up early and putting uh, putting matches on the app, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of the same otherwise, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, to be, to be honest, it worked. Like, it worked for me. I, I, I've really enjoyed it. I, I think it's just been great having, you know, knowing that you were getting up two days, days in a row and you were getting, True. you know, Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom, which, which has, which has been great rather than it being a one day thing, especially like the times that we're, we're living in. It was like nice to kind of go to bed two mm. nights in a row and, and be excited about getting up in the morning, um, which was, a, which was a positive. And I, I think in terms of the, the number of matches, just with the fact that it was scaled back, like I was looking back to last year and once you took into account the pre-show matches that were on there there was 19 matches over the two days last year and it was you know there was a lot more shit on there you know i think there was eight we probably complained about that as well to be fair didn't we yeah, I was, I was, I was going to say, there's, I think there was eight matches where the, the average on the app's like under 3.25. So they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, all right, like kind of, you know, not WrestleMania, sorry, Wrestle Kingdom level matches. This time there's only like four matches currently that that's at, le- at that level. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the number of matches that was on there, there's only, you know, 30 matches over the, over the whole weekend as well. So it was a lot more kind of, I don't know, manageable. And certainly, I don't know, like, get into that main event today and the length of that main event like again that might have been a bit different if you've if you'd done it as a one day and you've watched uh, 30 matches before it or something like that you know you might have, you might have had a d- different feeling on it and things like that so so for me i think the, the pacing of it the, the shorter cards that you know not having your your um multi-mans and things like that it's it, it all it all worked great for me and i just just really enjoyed both shows Mm. That's it, and I suppose like as far as like the top end of the card, you know, we had plenty of stuff that 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 delivered. You know, I would say on a Wrestle Kingdom mm. level, but I mean, let's get into that stuff. I think we'll probably we'll hit the the big stories first, and I think over the two nights, the big story is you know the uh, the world title slash intercontinental title matches, uh, the pair of them over the two nights, and the stories coming out of those. Uh, we started night one with our main event of uh, of Kota Ibushi and uh, Tatsuya Naito. The match that I think everyone expected, uh, in some ways. Uh, I think you know, yes, you're gonna get you're gonna get big bumps in a match between them two, no matter what. And you knew they were gonna go out there and they were gonna want to kill it um, as one of two Wrestle Kingdom main events. But you know, starting there, that was one that that really worked for me. I gave it four, gave it four and a half on the grapple app. I've seen people go higher. Um, I've seen a few five stars thrown out for that one. You can probably uh, speak to Gareth, but you know, I, I'll be honest, like. Night one and night two, there were there were matches I was looking more forward to than others. Like for me, I was more looking forward to Okada Osprey, uh, which we'll talk about in a bit. I wasn't particularly up for another Abushi Naito match, but I did think it was one of the you know the matches of the weekend. I felt like it delivered, and I felt like you know we got a really really good moment uh, with Abushi beating Naito, Naito for the title as well. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom worthy uh, made event for for day one. Um, so yeah, like I say, I was four and a half on it. Uh, where were you on this one, JP? Uh, we'll go to the rest here where was everyone else 
So I went four stars on this. Um, mm. And I can't think of anything like, there was nothing about it I particularly disliked. It's probably more that it feels to me there's like a ceiling for Naito matches, which I know I shouldn't really kind of say that. And mm. there is that idea that I've seen these two wrestle a good few times. And it felt to me kind of obvious that Ibushi was going to win. So, because mm. that was the story. And that probably are the things that kind of cut it back. But it was as good as I've seen Naito um, for a while. It was Wrestle Kingdom. He was going to turn up a big performance. There was a lot of stuff that I kind of, like in terms of the big spot in the match, the Hurakarana mm. spot off the, um, off the apron. It was great. Mm-hmm. And by their standards, relatively safe. So, yeah. like, once that had happened, I felt quite relieved. I was like, mm. oh, okay. It wasn't like the kind of killing themselves matches that we've seen too many times in the past and that horrific bump that, um, uh, that Ibushi took off the apron that one time. There wasn't anything necessarily like that. But I think mm. as with some of these matches, it kind of felt like, well, we kind of know what they're building to on night two. And for me, there was always going to be the story of this is kind of Ibushi's crowning moment and him kind of laying to waste kind of lots of demons of the weekend, of, you know, over the weekend as well. And kind of the mm. idea that he's this wrestling god because he's beaten everyone and he's, he's done this amazing kind of cardio. With the benefit of hindsight, when you see what Ibushi did on night two, that night one mm. performance kind of looks even kind of more spectacular in the sense that he's kind of almost having to save himself more for that night two. But, um, mm. but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. It might have been the case that I was also quite tired and it was my first day back at work, which was mm. given the teaching situations at the moment. It was like, it was a welcome distraction, but I wasn't entirely like distracted from it. Hmm. yeah i mean i i would say for me like the big thing was that yeah abushi didn't hold back you know i think mm. we're going to talk about hiromu later later and i think he had one match that was you know among my favorites of the weekend and one match that was just a, a fun little opener uh on day one and maybe didn't hit those standards you're not getting that with kota abushi doing the uh, two main events uh in two nights um how about you steph did it live up to uh to your expectations um, it, lit- it lived up to my expectations, but I didn't have super high ones for it. I think I feel a mm. lot like JP. There, I put give it 4.25. Um, mm. There was nothing wrong with it, but it did feel like a foregone conclusion and that Naito was just an obstacle that Coda had to get past and mm. not even... Um, not even really that much of a threat in the way that Jay is. He he was more Naito came off more like the 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 kind of not even a baddie, like a guy that he has to have this like noble fight with before he gets on to like the actual bad guy the next night. So yeah, mm. it was good, but it wasn't particularly particularly spectacular or anything and yeah, when we get on to what Koda did on night two, um, I'm glad that he didn't go all out on this one. And I would also add that I don't have the massive love or investment for Naito that other people do no. have. So it's really, um, you're just watching kind of Koda's story being told over two matches rather than having like a full investment in, in that one that was really just the precursor that we all knew it would be though actually i'm sure many people thought the night of match would be better yeah i think level of investment's important with that like i mm. i, I love kota yeah. Ibushi, but you know i'm not 
you know, Mark, I don't know. I, 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 I love all of his matches, but, you know, he's, he's Kota Ibushi, you know what I mean? He, even he doesn't seem 100% invested in his programs at times. And Naito <laughs> is someone who, yeah, this year, it's supposedly been his year, but has it really? Um, I can take or leave him. So maybe that's why I'm, you know, a little bit higher. Just that for me, it was, you know, maybe I expected what, you know, maybe what they were going to go out there and do in the match, but I didn't be, expect to be to be pulled into it uh, quite as much. Uh, how about you, Gareth? And where, where were people, like, what, what's, like the, what's the grapple average for this one? I, I did see it trending towards being the best match of the weekend at one point, but I think it's uh, it might have been overtook at this point, but still one that, uh, you know, there were a lot of 4.5s, 4.75s, and, and even 5s out there for. Yeah, it's 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 like currently averaging at like four point four nine. So essentially, it's averaging mm-hmm. at four and a half, and that's you know we're getting close to five hundred people haven't rated it now, sort of thing. So there's a there's a fucking lot of people you know rated that there as well for it to be averaging out at that quite high. It was it was kind of like nip and tuck between that and the the Akira Osprey match uh, to a point yesterday, but the other ones just sort of pulled away from it um, in, in terms of the averages that come through. I mean, I'm line with that average myself you know i went four and a half mm. on it you know I, and it, you know I, re- I really enjoyed it i think part of the reason was like as, as you've alluded to there we weren't necessarily the most enthusiastic about this match because it's you know one that I've, you know whether it was, well, it was 2019 wasn't it it felt like ibushi and naito mm. had five or six singles matches or something like that they were definitely you know paired together for quite a lot of the quite uh, quite a lot of the year and you know so it was something that i felt like you'd seen before it wasn't necessarily the most fresh but I absolutely got lost in this. Like, and it, the reason why I, I went so high and gave it the four and a half was because of how sort of lost it and in, invested in it. In it, I became like, you know, I pretty much knew and felt that Ibushi's winning because he kind of had to win, really. But I still, mm. I still, you know, I still bought into it. There was, there was things there, like you know, JP referenced that Hurricane Runner off the apron, and like when Naito had hit his leg on the guardrail and he was close to getting counted out. I was buying it. That was a great fucking sell job from Naito. And there was literally like, as it was getting 17, 18, I was thinking, shit, is he really injured here? Can he not like actually, you know, and I, you know, genuinely kind of bought into that at the time, which for, you know, to, to buy into a count out at a Wrestle Kingdom main event kind of thing was, mm. was great. And, you know, I think the sell job from Naito there was absolutely, absolutely fantastic. And then equally on the, um, you know, and, you know, some of the latest stuff, I think, where Ibushi had gone for the Phoenix Splash and Naito moved and they hit the Destino and it was like a 2.99, you know, Ibushi kick out. You know, I genuinely thought, I thought it was done. I thought, you know, it was like, I thought it, I thought the hand was down. I thought it was three. I totally bought into that. And then there was again, when, when Ibushi hit Kamigoye, again, it was another 2.99 kick out and actually fucking hit submit on the app because I thought it was over and done kind of thing, you know. So the match was up there for like two minutes or so before the thing had even, even, um, even ended because like I'm, I was just wow. like biting on a few of these things really. I was, I was just totally, totally <laughs> invested in what, in, in what was going on there. And then, you know, for, for the end and the way, you know, the way, did it there with Ibushi almost not realizing that he'd won as well and kind of still you know looking to keep things going it's sort of I don't know that that reflected on the way I'd kind of felt about the match 
perfectly myself because it had been so close and thinking that it had gone one way or the other and then there was that like late kick out it just it just kind of kind of worked from from that point of view with me so i was uh i was yeah thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it you know like, like i say i went 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 four and a half on it and um it was just uh I, 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 from start to finish i just just really enjoyed it really loved the end point you know Nico handing over the belts and raising his arm and things it was just one of those great nice kind one. of like feel good you know you sit there at the end of the show with a big smile on your face you know you've just watched a great match it's just left you with a you know warm feeling in your stomach kind of thing it's a that wasn't chi- that wasn't uh, chicken bakes um you know, and, <laughs> you, know uh, you know brilliant brilliant stuff and you know just had me totally just geared for thinking yes can't wait to get into tonight too now and, and get to that go to jay white match yeah that was it for me it was it was one of those matches where like you said, I don't think I was particularly as much as, as much as I knew it would be good. I didn't know I wanted to see it again, and then I did see it again, and, and like for all the reasons you said there, I was drawn into it, and you know, and I enjoyed it for what it was. Like you said, Steph, I don't know how much I really bought Naito as you know winning it in any world. Did anyone really reasonably think Naito and Jay White was going to be the match on night two? Um, I know I didn't, and it seemed like the majority on my Twitter timeline didn't. But yeah, like you said there, Gareth. Still made me bite though. Still made me think that it might happen in the moment. So yeah, it was you know, it's maybe not the the big news story coming out of the weekend, but like it it definitely need deserves its own spaces. Like, you know, a, as a great match. You know, maybe not for me, like the the five star level of, you know, some Wrestle Kingdom matches specifically, like the ones last year. Again, crowd might have something to do with that. The crowd were going nuts at the points where, you know, those big near falls were. It, it does add that extra layer. Um, but no, I still thought it was a, a great match. And I'll be honest, you know, I was sat there watching it, expecting that this was, you know, Kota Ibushi's moment in the sun. It felt very gay, though. It felt very... He wins the belts. He gets his, he gets his big night. And then night two, as I'm sure, and I know you were expecting, Steph, uh, Jay White was going to come in and, uh, and ruin the party, and I've got no one else I can go to first other than you. Uh, that was our, our main event on night two, Kota Ibushi and Jay White, and yeah, the uh, the scoreboards uh, didn't read as uh, you might have predicted, and uh, as we talked about on the uh, on the Q and A podcast last week. Yeah, we all know what um, I wanted the outcome to be, and unfortunately, I didn't get that. But mm. I think what kind of like what i said when he didn't win the j the g1 uh he Mm -hmm. was i think the real winner um today in the hearts and minds of wrestling fans (laughs) because (laughs) this was his um like this is 100 percent the greatest match he's ever had and just the greatest all-round performance that he's ever done I felt mm. I feel completely vindicated for all the time that I've been supporting him when <laughs> when I've been told that he's boring or that he's just not that good or that he's said that? he's not a, I've never read that on any podcast. He's not a believable guy. My only the only thing I'm really sad about is that <laughs> Rev Joe didn't live to see Jay White have this Okay. <laughs> Joe, I wish you could have lived to see it because it, it was beautiful. <laughs> um, so I'm a coward and I only went 4.75 on this and I want to watch it again and go five. Mm. Uh, I thought it was really great. I think that Jay was being his best heel self. At the beginning, he was so confident. And then as it went on, it was just pure frustration. And Coda, I think that, he almost took Coda 
lightly and then you saw the more psycho coda came up come out where he was just you know mm. telling jay to to hit him and jay tried all his tricks he tried his going on the outside tricks he had ghetto tricks he had his playing possum tricks and nothing worked and he just ended up this like frustrated mess <laughs> um of a man and then you know, like you were saying that Coda didn't realize he won. It was like Jay didn't realize that he'd lost at, at the end, mm. you know, when he was still trying to grab that title. It was just that you, know, you could you could just tell it was that split second in your life where you just wish you could go back in time, like a couple, a couple of minutes and just redo something again because he was so desperate. And I just thought, I just thought it was a great performance by, by both of them. Um, mm. I've always thought that Coda and, and Jay are kind of the best um, opponents for each other. They're a real, like, good versus evil matchup. And, yeah, it was, it was for me, like, the match of the tournament. And I really do think the match of, of Jay White's career so far. Wow. That's interesting because, like, for me, I don't know whether I'd put it above the, the G1 match that I had in my top 10 last, mm. last year uh, for 2019 as far as matches of the year. but. It did come close. I mean, what I was feeling, what you were saying before, Gareth, you were feeling it, and like the the Ibushi Naito match. Like for me, like what they did so well in this match was making making me believe it was going to end at any point. And I think you know, as we have uh, as a group, <laughs> we'll take responsibility. Not just Joe, uh, been detractors of of JYs in the past. Um, you know, I, I I can get it. I think I think the, the the barrier to entry with Jay is is how much you're into that you know interference you know ghetto getting involved type stuff and you know we've seen it all you know we've all seen it done badly this year with evil we've all seen it done badly with lower rank and bullet club members and i think once you can get past the fact that that is the way that is going to be part of the match you know you mentioned good versus evil as that the evil side is you know you can say, unfortunately, you know, there is going to be shenanigans and Ghetto is going to get up on the apron and it is going to be that stuff. The thing that I think that we've, you know, the three of us uh, on the podcast have have kind of come round to this last year is how good Jay White is at slotting those moments into the match. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can buy into that and if you can accept, okay, there is going to be that bullshit in the match and I get it if people can't, like, I don't think you can do it better than this because I was biting on, on every moment, like, you know, the stuff, you know, from the start where he's trying to, you know, pretend that Ghetto's not going to get involved. And then, of course, he gets involved eventually. Or even, like, you know, something as blatant as Ghetto pulling the ref out, which, you know, I hate it live in the moment, but I think I was supposed to hate it live in the moment. You know, a, a few minutes later, I was like, yeah, that was another moment in the match where I genuinely think, thought things were over. And I think that's what it did. That drama, that good versus evil as you said stuff that that though those uh you know the, the ebb and flow of you know who's actually going to win this thing i can't remember being that invested in in watching something and not knowing you know which way it was going to go um i absolutely love this thing i was ho i was hovering between four and a half and 4.75 on the grapple app i think i've settled at 4.75 for it which is the same rating as i gave the g1 match i'd maybe have it like that that slight step below um but yeah completely bought into this thing and it yeah it was up there for me, and you know, it was a, it was a great match. Uh, probably, probably the match of the weekend for me. Uh, I don't know. Where were you on this one, Gareth? Uh, did they grab you as much as uh, the night one title match? And uh, where did you give it on the on the app? 
Yeah, I mean, again, you know, really, you know, really, really enjoyed it. You know, I went four and a half on this one, but I was very much like you, Benno, there that I was teetering between the, the four and a half to four point seven five. Um, yeah. Probably not having Steph there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it does add to that level of investment. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I cannot influence him. <laughs> We've all been influenced over, over the years. Been like. <laughs> 4. I'm curious to know what you're like during a big stay white Jay White match, Steph. I'd, I'd find myself just watching your reactions during it, just to see see what you make of it. It's a sight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of like shouting at the TV. There's a lot of calling Coda names that I'd never actually <laughs> call them in any other situation. Good. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of that. I don't know if Beto wants to elaborate, but yeah, it's a very animated <laughs> watch for sure. Mm, it's a missed yeah, opportunity. Definitely. We should have had Steph come, really. For, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> See, we've said that over the years, Grafflebox, there's money in that idea, yeah, Gareth. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was the year to launch it. <laughs> Sorry, uh, anyway. It's on the Grafflebox, Marmo. that's our idea no one's stealing (laughs) (laughs) no but the uh, i mean i mean i think you know some of the things that you you said that i mean i I loved the match structure i just thought it was it worked so Mm -hmm. well with it being a obviously abushi's second match in, in in two days so you know I mean, essentially the first 20 minutes of that match, wasn't it? It was just Jay just grinding him down. He was just like, you know, mm. working his stomach, knees, punches, you know, you know, taking him to the ground, headlocks and things like that, almost keeping his own, you know, keeping his own energy and stamina up while he wore down the tired man from the night before and things. It totally was entirely logical what you would do in that situation if it was a real fight and things like that you know you want to you want to fatigue the person who's who's had to fight the day before as as quickly as possible and you know i thought that that worked really well i just love jay white's just verbals i think early on and just the, the heel sort of you know saying about it in the past really just the the shitbagness kind of thing of, of it all you know like even right down to when he's like first getting into the ring and he's holding the briefcase up to Ibushi and he's like saying you know don't forget how I got this kind of thing you know and just just a yeah. little reminder sort of thing yeah I've beat you before mate you know and you know just uh, just, just playing those mind games there and like you say the whole like you know, oh, I don't need him. I don't need him. Wave and Ghetto away. And, you know, uh, or at the later point, you know, like, keep, keep your eye on Ghetto. I don't need help kind of thing and stuff like that, you know, to the ref. <laughs> just little, little, just good little shitbag kind of heel stuff that just, just worked so well. And but then I, I just think the way as it evolved after that 20 minute mark and, and Ibushi came back into it more and more. Again, it was very similar to the previous night, you know, like, like you said, said Benno, you're just biting on things. You were just feeling like the match could end at, end at any time. And, you know, there was, you know, it, it, it felt like, you know, they were, they were working towards something. And there was a lot of instances where you thought like, Oh, this is going to be it. And then, you know, another five minutes would go by and it would be like, Oh no, this is it now. And that five minutes didn't feel like I've seen a lot of talk on, on Twitter about, oh, I can't believe, you know, a Jay White match, 42 minutes and, you know, it's, t- yep. it's too long and the longest domain event and things like that. But for me, this never felt like a 42. It didn't feel like it dragged. It didn't feel like, you know, when there was those kind of near falls and then there was another five minutes before the next, it didn't feel like it was unnecessary, you know. It, it, it felt like it all worked in terms of the, the structure of the match with, with Jay White having tried to, to having tried to wear him down and then Ibushi getting these sort of, you know, fast sort of energetic little comeback hope spots 
things before Jay got the initiative again. You know, I, I, I all thought it worked. You, you know, it worked really well from that that point of view. And you know, just to, again as it got to the end, naturally where you had, you know, both of them were. It did sort of fought to exhaustion. Like I always love that. Like when you get a match like this and they both just look dead on their feet kind of thing. And you think that, you know, the end is, end is not here. And you know, the, the, the way it was done at the end just, just really, really, really worked for me. And you know, it all just came out, came out massively positive. And you know, I think the, the other two points that, um, I just wanted to make on, on, on that were, how fucking good they both looked, you know, just physically coming to the, to the ring. Like Ibushi looked like he was, I, I didn't think it was possible oh, for God, Ibushi yeah. to look in better shape than he, than he normally does, but he just looked, you know, there's the whole Ibushi wants to be a God thing. He looked like a bloody Greek God and that belt, he looked like he was born to wear that belt when he was coming to the ring. I was just thinking that guy just looks like a champion. And then like Jay White, just again, best shape of his life, looked absolutely fantastic, looked like a superstar, looked great in his gear and things like that as well coming to the ring and it just genuinely had that real big big fight big main event feel which again in these weeks when we've talked about our excitement going into wrestle kingdom we've sort of almost said like mm, it kind of just doesn't feel like it's at that i don't know tippy top star level you know when it's when it's when it's come to that main event but when they were both come to the ring i was hyped i, I felt like god yeah this this feels big it feels like a, a really really important main event and and i think that's that's uh so important and the, the only other thing i wanted to reference was just um the Sid Waddell reference from Chris Charlton oh fantastic, fantastic fantastic stuff Chris awesome <laughs> Um, yeah, what things to say about Chris Charlton, but I'll let that reference go. <laughs> what are you going to say, JFit? No, no, no. The Sid Woodell reference when he said I was like, because I watched it tonight um, after I'd finished work and I went out on a walk and I knew it was going to be like yeah. a 46 minute match. When I heard him say Sid Woodell, I sort of openly went like, what the fuck? Like, I've got earbuds in. So it just sounded very weird for the deserted streets I was I was walking around on there. Um yeah, I've got to mirror a lot of your thoughts, all of you, on this. I went four and a half on this. I could easily go up to 4.75. I think, like, there's partly you imagine how that crowd would have reacted if they could have reacted mm. naturally. I think part of what helped me for this main event and made it also look so big is the way that they generally, the production, and the way that they made that crowd sitting on the floor. And I know we mentioned it earlier on, but that helped it feel like a big main event. And it kind of, I don't know what it was, but things like the acoustics and stuff like that, I thought that would bother me, uh, weren't the case, really weren't the case in this. But it feels like I'm going to kind of mirror a lot of the thoughts on here. I think the structure was perfect and it had to go long because Jay White's strategy is, I don't care, really give a shit if you're bored by me. I'm going to get dragged this long because he's clearly tired and I'm going to try and win yeah. this, which is what I you saw would that do. take JP. I saw that, like people mm. say that, like he's a chicken shit heel. A chicken shit heels matches shouldn't go that long. Like, I'm not against matches being shorter. I generally nah. agree. I don't like long matches. But if he's a chicken shit heel, like you're saying, he's dodging the good guy, surely that would make the match go longer? Like, you know? Like, surely? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's dragging it out. He gets his little advantage. He takes his shortcuts to get his breath back. Because it's the mm. idea of, like, he's a chicken shit heel, but he's not the honky-tonk man. He's not like a mm. coward. Ultimately, mm. he wants to win the title and he realizes that he has to win the title a certain way. I can see, like, this is, this is tapping into Steph's stuff here, <laughs> really, isn't it? With it. But <laughs> I, I could probably say that this was the time, this match, where I think overall, mm. if you were going to get the, the essence of what Jay White is trying to achieve with this character, you got it. 
in this match. Yeah. You got the desperation. Sorry, yeah, go on, Steph. Say that he, I was just going to say that, yeah, he's a, he's a chicken shit heel and he takes shortcuts, but then at the same time, he's an intelligent heel that has mm-hmm. counters and reversals mm-hmm. for everything. So he's playing all sides of, of what a heel can do. He's, he's like, if I'm not going to win this way, I'm going to win that way. He's kind of got all bases covered. There's absolutely no way why his matches would be short <laughs> at all. You know, he's got everything to do in them. Yeah. Uh, 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 so, like, is it long time for a match? Is it probably too long? You can argue that about any match that really goes up to that length. Does it need to be that length of time? But weirdly, it wasn't one of... And knowing that it was going to go... I think it was 48 minutes, they said, in the end. Knowing that it was going to go that, and I was like, oh, God, like, this had better be good. Like, if this is three and a half stars, I'm going to be genuinely livid coming on here tonight for this to be the case. Just given trying to fit it in. But it was at that point where it's something halfway through just started to really click with it. And it all starts off with, as as you've all referenced here throughout those little bit of verbals that he's giving the, the kind of, and it just gets more and more protracted to the point where you get to how he's got that TTO spot on him. And you can just see how upset he is by the fact that he knows Kota is going to reach the ropes and he's going to have to break this hold and he hasn't worn him down and the game plan isn't working. And mm-hmm. the idea of the interference worked because there was such a definitive end point to the interference with the, with the, um, Kamagoye. And he just went, yeah, he's put the ghetto thing to rest because ghetto's not going to appear in the rest of the match now. And so that's fine. It's just another thing taken away from Jay White. And it just kind of, it, it, it is this thing where you think of them as, I would have thought of them as being na- natural kind of career rivals, but it works because you've got like mm. some, like, and the idea of the kind of Ibushi stoicism and going into murder Ibushi and, and all of the kind of things about this as well. And you've got someone like Jay White who is doing kind of the opposite of that there's nothing stoic about jay white at all i think that contrast is just one of the things that really goes with it i also liked how towards the end it just started to get quite reckless and quite violent and it was much more and i shouldn't really be promoting it but there's a lot more of them falling on their heads which added to the drama and i was like jesus christ this has got reckless and i but i found Mm. myself really enjoying it and there wasn't some protracted counter sequence as well there were counters as you should have, if you're an excellent professional wrestler and you're trying to win a world title, you should have counters in there. But it wasn't just counter, counter, counter. It looks like a kind of a dance. There never was that impression in there. There was enough of an edge to this to make it kind of great as well. Um, unbelievably, I think I might have to go back and watch it. But do you know what? I went back and watched that Go Shiyazaki Segura match and that was well worth another rewatch. I'm kind of thinking the same about this. And hmm. it left me as so happy that even when Sonata came out, I went, yeah, that's probably common sense booking. And I wasn't as upset as I would have imagined. Oh, I'm not going that, that far. I'm not going that far. <laughs> as an interim yeah, like- title defence, I'm fine with it. Uh, I don't I know. Gareth and talked us. Is- oh, go on, Steph. Go on, oh, no, Steph. I was going to say, I think it's the kind of match that you'll get more out of on a rewatch mm. each time. I think that you need to watch it one or twice. Mm. It's like a great episode or of a TV show or something. And as a total selfish non-point, the fact that Jay White has now had a 48-minute match headlining Wrestle Kingdom, um, I just think is is really great because I think you basically need to do that to be yeah. a top uh, New Japan star, be like in that echelon with your Okada and your Omega. And I think 
I think he did it, and he did he did it well. Yeah, I mean, I'll I will like I'll say I'll moan with the with the with the best of them at you know forty minute New Japan matches that don't need to go forty minutes. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not gonna have any kind of love in on long New Japan matches. I think that they're past their peak, but. It's the Wrestle Kingdom main event, you know? Like, it's, if I'm ever going to forgive it, like, and it was done well, it's going to be here. Same argument as, you know, as I say for the, for the Jay White, you know, ghetto shenanigans that I get if, you know, if people can't get past that. Um, you know, this is, you know, as far as like going long and doing a big match, this is the time to do it. Where I take issue though is, yeah, the, uh, the Sonata point because he did come out in the post match. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I wasn't feeling it that much, JP. Hell of a suit, I He thought. looked good. No. You know, he, 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 oh, he pulls did. off the no socks better, better than most. No, yeah, Steph yeah. disagree. Oh, no, I'm not disagreeing that he looked good. He looked perfectly fine. Um, he always does, but, generally, well, doesn't he? You know, High praise. He, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not made about a 10. It's not that kind of podcast. But uh, and that's not what the app's for. Uh, it really is that I, kind of podcast. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is, yeah. <laughs> so if you are rating him... <laughs> um, if I was to rate Sonata out of 10, I'd give him uh, a 3.5 to 4. Anyway... Wow. Yeah, it's slow. But I felt like I <laughs> Jesus. I ended up deleting this Poor tweet, fella. but just because, you know, Twitter, but I felt like Sonata coming out was just a, like complete anti-climax. You've had this really great emotional match. There's so much emotion being shown and Jay like they're yeah. literally having to pull him away and then out comes Sonata like the guy that can't even, you know, show emotion when his best friend has turned on him he's like just mm. comes out to be like hey uh, i'm here like do you want to give me a shot next okay <laughs> and it, you know like what it should have been on new year's dash why, yeah time. my yeah. theory of why jay would win um would be like you to end wrestle kingdom on something massive because coda winning that's something massive for night one but it's not the end of wrestle kingdom so to then go through that and then out comes Sonata. Just like, are you trolling me though? <laughs> it's it's Garrett's no. fault as well. He built us all up to think Kenny Omega was going to be coming out, and like I was looking at the entranceway, and like I was that I was that nerd who was like, even even at the point where Ibushi was like, all of all of the pyro had stopped, and he was just slowly walking back. And though Kenny might still come out, it might it's still good, it might still happen. No, we got Sonata coming out. Um, Garrett, he built us all up, and that's what we got. I think for me as well, where like with his his entrance to the uh, in AEW, where he's like behind them screens and you just see his shadow, like at points during the match, you could just see like people like cleaning the set away, and you could just see the shadows behind like the thing. And I was I was like, has <laughs> he got a bit of a perm? Has he got a perm mullet going on that guy in the back there? Oh, he hasn't. Kind of, you know, I was definitely uh, holding out holding out hope for that situation. I think the main thing with the Sonata thing is for me was it like JP says it should have just been tomorrow with that. Because it, um, it just, you can't end Wrestle Kingdom with Sonata. Like even if he is wearing a white suit, you know. You can't. Yeah, it, 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 it just it just felt to me like I don't know. Like I, I was I, after the pinfoil, I was like, oh, what now? Like where does this all go now? And I was quite excited thinking about tomorrow's show. And then you know you you sort of like lost that. 24 hours of intrigue kind of thing and speculation mm-hmm. because then suddenly like Sonata's coming to the ring and you're like, oh, it's just Sonata kind of thing. And it felt very much like 
remember when like Daniel Bryan won the belts and it was like, and your first defense is going to be against Kane kind of thing. And it was like, oh, great kind of thing. And, you know, I know is that it, the, the positive for that to me is like at least like there's no way they're putting the belt on Sonada now kind of thing. So it just made me think, oh, well, great. They just view Sonada as somebody who can just be like a first defense for Ibushi and, you know, he can just defeat and move on to the next next challenge, whatever that is kind of thing. So that's the only positive I take out of this situation is that at least it sort of shows that Sonada's not not <laughs> going to be uh, in, the, in the mix at the very, very typically top end for, for quite some time yet. You know, it might be, you know, we still might be a couple of years away from that. But one thing I would say is, give the guys due I mean I know you were in Greg's but in that Sonata even match that was pretty much that was pretty much as loud as I heard that crowd all weekend yeah. the crowd fucking loved Sonata he was over like fuck uh, with, with the, the you know especially in that environment of the clock crowds there was a visible difference there huge huge so yeah. you know we can look on things you know we've talked about this in the past with our western eyes and you know what we yeah. what we view but at the end of the day they're the people buying the tickets, buying the merch and things like that. And, you know, like I always say, you've got to follow the money, haven't you? You know, at the end of the day, and if that's what people are buying, then you've got to sell it, you know. Putting those two sexy lads on the poster next to each other, it's not a bad selling point. Yeah, I just wish they hadn't have bought it at the end of of Wrestle Kingdom because there's Mm. a beauty in having New Year's Dash the next day. And I just think it would have been a much better visual just to end on, even if it had been quite WWE, but just the idea of Coda celebrating Jay having to be held back and just everyone saying, like, tune in tomorrow to see what happens next. And unfortunately, it was going to be Sonata. But yeah, I I would have rather Mm. seen it end in that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, to that point, Steph, like, yeah, the, the, the whole tune in tomorrow. Again, this might be dated for people for people listening, but we can't we can't not mention the Jay White promo that came out of this match mm-hmm. as well. Like, that was a killer promo. Like, I saw Voices of Wrestling describe it as, like, a babyface promo, which, you know what, maybe it was. Uh, maybe that's where we're going. I don't know, but, like, he absolutely killed it. Like, let, let, laying it all on the line, it felt real. It felt real emotion. Although he was still, you know, doing his character in parts as well. Like, I don't know, like the, the speculation is out there. Is it, you know, he's talking about leaving New Japan. Like we said earlier, can he even leave Japan? Never mind New Japan. I'm more, I'm more leaning into it being a work than it being real. But, you know, I can't blame anyone buying into it when he, you know, you know he's delivering to that degree. And yeah, I thought, uh, again, Jay White, the promo, uh, really shine this weekend as well, Steph. Yeah, well, firstly, that promo, it, I thought it was incredible. Um, I would abs- I need to watch it again as well. I've already watched it three times, but you, you know, <laughs> you never want to call something one of the best things when it's actually, you know, happening and it's that fresh. So I'll hold off mm. calling it one of the greatest promos of all time. But, uh, I, like, I'm someone that thinks he's a great promo. And that's another thing I've been, I've been saying, like, he, he really is. And in that, he, he brought something. It felt so real. He felt completely broken. He felt completely frustrated. And he just seemed to be having that moment that sometimes a villain kind of has where they realize, you know, you've done all these, all these awful things and you've, you've chosen that path. But in the end, like, what has it got you? Because he didn't achieve his goal. And I think what we've seen from him in the past, couple of months all it's made him is kind of 
alienated and paranoid in a way to the point where he was almost not trusting um Gero back in the G1 you know it's mm-hmm. it's all kind of messed with his head and I think that you know he even referred to himself as as Jamie so maybe you know he is this is the end of the switchblade character and the for all the people that have said, you know, I like Jay White, the wrestler, and I think he's a great wrestler. I think he's a good promo, but, oh, that character, you know, if you've been one of these people that has been telling me that he is an emo, which he is not, but if he <laughs> is an emo, he has gone through this emo phase and now decided to come out the other end of it and, you know, um, take a different, you know, path, a different, I just want to see what happens to him tomorrow because I think that I think that this is his turn. I think that this is maybe not his turn, but maybe Bullet Club maybe turning on on him and saying, you know, we've got a strong leader in evil. We don't need a, a guy that's having a breakdown and a guy that wasn't able to to win the big match. But as far as if he's if he's leaving New Japan as perhaps his that's the question longest serving yeah that's the question but as his longest serving fan and supporter <laughs> i you were there from day you know, one we can, all, we can I, all agree to that i was there from i was there from day one and i just want the best for him and the best for him is to spend three or four years in, in nxt learning how to work a hard camera and, you know, <laughs> the best Doing for four, him three hour matches with johnny gargano to, yeah, and and I want to see him get that big moment on Raw or SmackDown where he can feud with the Fiend, and I, I want to see him get some fire, and I want to see him partake in a match where we go inside his head. I, I want all that greatness for him, and, and you know he deserves it. But in reality, if he goes to WWE, I'll be so fucking mad and feel like I missed it. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think he's gonna do it. Please don't go to WWE, Jay. If you want to not wrestle in Japan anymore, you know that's fine. Please go to AEW. If you turn up in WWE, that's gonna be um, one of the biggest wastes of talent, you know, ever. Mm. <laughs> you won't, you won't see, you won't see him even be able to achieve greatness until he's over thirty. Oh, and for anyone wondering what my mom thought of that promo, um, <laughs> she wasn't like she didn't actually rate it as high as everyone else. She felt a lot of um, confusion and and sadness. And I, you know, she, firstly she was worried that is he going to leave, and I said no, I don't think he's going to leave. Um, and then I, I said to her, I think that he's turning babyface, and she got very worried about whether he'd still be able to be funny if he was babyface, and whether he'd still make her laugh. So that's her main concern right now. She also doesn't understand why um, Bullet Club or anyone else would turn on him. And she also thinks <laughs> that this is a really good time for him to shave his beard, because it's clearly brought him no luck. Those were her words, not mine. <laughs> Wow, the, the, the beard makes him look like a man. If I could make, when I heard him say Jamie, 
Um, yeah. I thought it would be more fun Jimmy if he could, well, if he called himself Jimmy, like <laughs> Jimmy White, who in some ways is like him at Wrestle Kingdom at the moment in terms of someone who gets to the big stage, never does it. And, you know, you know, he's had big, big moments otherwise, Jimmy White. Um, and he liked the Bolivian marching powder in the eighties, but they all did. Even Bill Werbenick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought that would be funny if he if he came in as Jimmy White. If he did a whole snooker gimmick, I mean, I, it wouldn't necessarily work, but I'd be certainly game for it. I'm sure he's got some white white gloves that he got at that time to match that suit that he could make use of in a snooker. <laughs> there you go. There's money on that. But I come on to the big break theme. Uh, but in all seriousness, like I just can't see him leaving. Like I, I no. just, it, it just doesn't make any sense because I think, I think we're so going to many... sound very stupid here, JP. Because I think people mm. are going to be listening to this tomorrow after they've done a bullet club angle with Evil on New Year's Dash, and everyone's yeah. like, "Of course he was never leaving." Like that's the way I think it's going. I was just going to say, as much as we don't think he's going to leave, and, and I always worry about being stupid, so I really hope he doesn't leave after I say these things. But, you know, he's, <laughs> everyone knows, like, if you're going to leave New Japan, like, this is a time that all the guys do it uh, historically. Yeah. Mm, um, yeah. So it's a good tease to hook in everyone on Twitter. I've never seen so many people on my timeline talking about Jay as I did today. Uh, and honestly, it just, just made me feel um, angry and frustrated. I was, I was just like, who... Who are you? <laughs> you know, I just all I saw was like a bunch of a bunch of guys that think he might be going to WWE that are just getting their takes in immediately um, to let the world know that they actually know who he is. When I've never once Fair seen them up, what, up watching a New Japan oh. show, so yeah. you know, fuck him. Yeah. Where, that, where were they in a, in a rainy day at Rev Pro three years ago? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where were they? Where were they at at eight AM this morning? <laughs> Never mind, three years ago. <laughs> In fairness, all their WWE fans are over fifty, so it's probably not getting up at that time, aren't they? <laughs> Struggling. How old do you get the earlier you get up? No, is that not true? I, I thought that was all I was in for. You not get up at six in the morning, uh, Gareth? I thought you did. <laughs> Not, not anymore. No, not now the kids are the age they are. That's, uh, ah, fair enough. They're starting to lie in a bit now. So, uh, yeah, starting to <laughs> starting to see the other side of 8 o'clock. Not that I'm calling is, your old uh, man, by the way. I know you're not 50. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's, it's accurate. So I'm not going uh, I'm, 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 I'm to hold you back on that one. But um, I think with the contract side of things as, as, as well, like, you know, when you like listen to that interview, which was gold. I thought it was that, you know, again, I can yes. just echo all the points you said. I just thought it was absolute class and it just showed the difference between handing a mic to somebody and just letting them speak as opposed to scripting something out for them for, and getting them to fucking recite it and practice it and say words that they wouldn't ordinarily say and things like that. It just showed that real difference. And again, you know, just to echo Steph's points, he just think, God, what a waste it would be to put him in a WWE environment where he's got people writing for him as opposed to saying things off the cuff. But, I think when you look at some of the lines, like maybe my time should be spent somewhere else and, you know, I'm done. You know, I was thinking this, this can apply to Bullet Club as much as New Japan really sort of thing. And it'd just be that very much that reinvention of the character rather than it being, you know, I'm done with New Japan. It's just, I'm done with this bullshit and I'm just going to make my own way kind of thing and, and, and take it from there. I, th I think the main concern for me is, is because 
he is such a good heel and we've talked you know this year about what a great heel he's been in this year I, I just worry about the the gap that he's going to leave and you know I, I you know I it's, it's such a good heel that I just don't want him to not be a heel anymore almost because I, I feel like the, the the strong elements of his character are the way that his heel side of things developed and you know when you look at things here obviously He's got beaten this today. You know, Evil's lost to Sonata. You know, Osprey's lost, and I know there's more legs in in, in that. And it just feels like at the within the within New Japan, they're gonna. You know, if you just take a strong heel out of there, it's there's some something really lacking at the top end of the card there from a heel perspective. And so, something big needs to happen tomorrow or over the course of the next couple of months because obviously Sonata stepping in and being the the next opponent for Ibushi obviously is you know. Did, did, is, is a baby face essentially come from that point of view and i just think it's it just leaves things a bit light on that on on, on that size of the fence at the, uh, at the upper end of the card so um as much as i definitely want jay white to stick around in new japan i, I think i'd still prefer it was a if it was a, as a heel I'd, I'd, I'd like him to almost go off on his own away from bullet club as a you know a, a a different kind of kind of heel and just stick with this character a bit longer before he's uh, suddenly pushed into that other side there where if you've already got you know you've got a card you've got Naito you've got your the rest of the LIJ boys and things like that you've got Tanahashi still there and stuff you know it's very it's very baby face heavy um, at, the, at the top end of New Japan and, 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 and I just think the, the balance is missing so unless something massive has happened morning that, um, that oh sorry tomorrow morning that um, it would be this morning when people are listen to it then then I, I, I don't know but it, as long as it doesn't end up in the fucking wwe that's that that's that's all i'll be happy with though so i am Definitely. slightly concerned that it will be evil that is his next feud to get him out of bullet club and i just feel like he's done so well this year that if he starts any kind of feud with evil it will just drag him down you know and get people to not be liking Jay White anymore because he's done such great work and Evil's just Tends a lot of us yeah mm. and Evil's just not the most interesting opponent if anything mm. like this is a really um, far out prediction uh, that probably doesn't matter to even say because the show will be on but if, if he was confronted by someone like Osprey who who is now a heel in his own faction who just told him he was like pathetic and not able to lead a faction and that started a feud between them I think something like that would be pretty awesome rather than than evil you know getting involved mm. yeah if I could raise, raise one point one of the things I thought about is when he first came out as his character against Tanahashi in the dome and what a flop that felt and how he didn't look remotely comfortable in his own skin no. the whole school shooter thing that we had been banging on about and then you looked at the way he came out for this and you were like, my God, he really has grown. It was just like that image in and of itself was there. And I maintain it's the beard. The good things started happening with him when the beard happened. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, I would I would say, yeah, I think that, from that, that, that is a point for me as well. Like I, I will stand my ground on, you know, Jay White. You know, he, you're right. He, I, I don't think he, did, he was comfortable in his own skin when he was first given the no. gimmick. Like I don't think... 
he was a natural heel immediately. I think he just put in a lot of good work over the last couple of years and got really fucking good at it. Probably before we noticed, I, I will say. Mm. You know, we were probably still on that on that boat. <laughs> yeah, Steph's on the call, so I'm not counting you, Steph. But, you know, the rest of us, maybe it took us a while to, to get there. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is something he worked on. It would be a shame for him to put that two years of work in, get this good, and then, you know... Uh, go to WWE or even turn face, yeah, you know, as much as there's there's probably money in a, in a baby face, Jay White. Uh, and I know WH Park, you know, is one of the uh, the big detractors of of Jay White still has, has gone on record to say, I think, you know, he'd prefer a return to the, uh, you know, the Jay White uh, that was, you know, a pure baby face in Ring of Honor and, you know, was himself. And, you know, you got elements of that uh, in this promo as well. Um, but I don't know. I think there's some negative to that too. But yeah, you know, I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, it was. It, it felt like a. If it is, you know, his last weekend in New Japan, or if it's his last weekend as like you know this big heel in New Japan, you know, he's gone out as as high as you can really. Um, and yeah, turned some uh, some big detractors around. Uh, I will definitely say too. Um, but again, you know, enough with the Jay White loving anyway. You know, uh, uh, by the way, the show will be called Jimmy White now. Um, after that, uh, after you went through that, <laughs> JP. No. <laughs> we'll, we'll, come, we'll discuss after the show uh, but we will uh, and I'm sure we'll come back to Jay White again at some point we always will uh, but we should talk some of the uh, the other stuff that uh, that went on over the uh, the two days uh, I mean let's maybe have a little look at you know some of the highlights of day one um, a man who's been compared um, to, to Jay White and the, and the great Jay White experiment of the last two years we had uh, Great O'Kans, uh you know in, in the top three matches on, on night one is a uh, his big match with uh, with Tanahashi. Um, I actually don't know what you guys takes are on this, uh, JP and Gareth, because I've seen the extreme ends of both with this. You know, there are people out there who are like, this proved everything we always thought all along. Great Okan was going to be this great star. And then there's people, spoilers, like me, who look at this and think, I still, to me, he's still that meme that got over in Rev Pro that has potential, but has a ceiling, uh, especially in this gimmick. Uh, mm-hmm. I will stress. I think that is a big part of why I think there's such a there's a ceiling on him, and I don't quite see that big time potential that, as we've talked about, Ghetto clearly sees. Um, although I don't know, his judgment this year hasn't been the best. Um, and Tanahashi clearly sees. Who's got an exemplary mm-hmm. record? So you know, who am I to argue with Tanahashi? I thought it was a match. To be honest, uh, I didn't have a. I didn't come away with a, a strong feeling of, yeah, okay, that proves me wrong that there's something big there with Oka. I enjoyed the, you know, bringing out more of the amateur wrestling style, you know, in the early stages of the match. Yeah. That was kind of it, though, really. Other than that, it was a, you know, a three to three, just three and a half star, even too high kind of match for me. It was just, it was, it was a match. It didn't give me any great hope, but there are people out there doing somersaults said it did. So I don't know. Where, where are you on this one, Gareth? Where are you on the uh, the experiment uh, with O'Connor? Did it did it give give you any more uh, confidence coming out of this in this big spot, like Jay White was uh, two years ago uh, in there with Tanahashi this time? No, I mean I, I think you know I gave this match like a three star, and and, and it was. It was. It was for me. It was definitely no more than that. You know, there wasn't even anything. There was no doubt in my mind. You know, it, that was. It was just a straight three-star match for me. And you know, you look at the average on the app, and it's it's three sixteen. Um, and you know, so it's, again, it's, okay, three sixteen says. There you go. Get the merch ready. Uh, but, uh, um, oh no, there's another title idea. Uh, <laughs> maybe that'll be Jimmy White. <laughs> but like. 
you know, that, that says it all again. You know, you're talking like hundreds, hundreds of people there. You know, and it's coming out at pretty much. You know, it's a three star match for people. And and I think that when you look at his performance in it, I mean, people talk about things like, oh, he does things that are a bit unique or a bit different and things like that. And yeah, okay, he does maybe like walk a little bit differently, and he does kind of, uh, you know, he, he holds himself a bit differently. And but but that doesn't jump out to me as like. Mm. Different doesn't mean you're like a star or better or anything like that. It stands out kind of because it's a bit, you know, it, it's a bit, it's a bit unique. But beyond this, beyond it, there just to me doesn't seem to be anything there. I don't think the guy's got like natural charisma at all. I, I don't think he's got star charisma in, in, in the slightest. I look at his in-ring work and. Things like, you know, a big part for him is he's got that, like, taped-up claw and him using that claw. Well, God, he couldn't have applied that claw any lighter if he tried. It was the least threatening-looking claw that I've ever seen in my life. You know, for him, you want him to be a bit of a... You want him to be a bit of a maniac, really, don't you, for that kind of character? When he's locking something in like that, you want him to be, like, looking like he is crushing the man's skull and, you know, but... It just looked so light and so lame. And then you think of the uh, Tanahashi's ad where it's, you know, he's, he's been picking up, you know, losing pinfalls and tag matches left, right and center and things. And he's, you know, he's, he's clearly taken a backward step. You know, I almost wonder, like, if it were going to do with any, anything with him, surely it would have been, surely there would, there would have been the win there to, because it would have been the right moment maybe to put Tanahashi over as this is the new guy. This is the, you know, a heel who's going to sort of help push towards that top end of the card and fill some of that, fill some of that slot. He's beaten Tanahashi. So, you know, he's, you know, he's getting that air of credibility. And, you know, I almost wonder if they were like, that was maybe in the mindset. And I've had a look at him for a couple of months and thought, you know what, actually. <laughs> Let's yeah, but let's let's put Tanner over, and you know, let's not you know, let's not go with the original plan because if honestly, there's I just can't see it. If people think that in two years' time he's going to be there at the at the top of the card, then they're clearly seeing something that I'm not seeing, and you know, I I just envision him just being individual number four or five in a growing empire stable you know that that builds over the over the next next couple of years there's no way he's going to be at the uh, at the top end of that he's going to be tagging with somebody and you know you know he's going to have a mm. never six-man run and he's going to have a yes. iwgp one six mans with chaos that's his future tag, tag run in the future there's Nothing beyond nothing beyond that, and he doesn't. You know, his physical presence doesn't. He, he doesn't even look like he belongs to me at the at the top end of the the card either. You know, when you're talking about, you know, the size and the you know how how good guys look and how you know New Japan do put a lot of stock in physical appearance of people and things like that. He just looks like shit. You know, like even you know right down to his gear, it doesn't even look look good. You know, his gear just looks shit. Like there's 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 nothing about him that that, that says. I don't know, star or someone to invest in. So it's a thumbs down for me. And I'd be surprised if he's in a singles match at a Wrestle Kingdom in next year and, you know, probably for a couple of years beyond that. Wow. Well, you know, I'm looking for someone to defend me here on the call. But, you know, as, you, as, you, as a wise man once said, I've, uh, I've taken a lot of photos with, uh, with me and my kids and nonsense in my time. And I've taken one with the great Okan. Uh, JP, um, yeah. <laughs> as the anonymous source of that quote, you, you've got a lovely picture with great Okan. He's your mate. Are you, are you here to defend him? Are you seeing something me and Gareth aren't? Is he, is he the future Wrestle Kingdom main eventer that people are 
certain he's going to be. Well, not certain, but very, very confident he's going to be at this point. Um, I didn't see it in this match. Um, And as someone who saw him live quite a bit as well for Rev Pro, like... It was one of the things... That's a big difference, isn't it? I think the people who've seen him live have got a different take, I think. I, yeah. I honestly think that's where the split is, because we've all seen him live and gone, yeah, he's a funny meme. I, I, I don't see much more than But that. it was always the Gideon Grey stuff that made it. Yeah. Like, the Gideon Grey yeah. stuff was there, and that always feels like the thing that... Unless you saw it, that was the thing that he was getting the reactions for, and the idea of him being in the kind of Hoss tag team, which I think mm. at one time it was spoken, because it was there was him and there was that other guy, Kitamura, the absolute kind of like real like ex bodybuilder guy. Well, he's back to bodybuilding now. Follow his Instagram, bodybuilding and boobs. That's what keeps that man running. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and 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 Okan said he had no heart as well. So I thought he clearly didn't want to make any chanko, which Oka was well up for. In a couple of years' time, we've been speaking about Jay White and how wrong we are about that. These things can know, change. That's the danger. Yeah, and I'm also going to mention someone like Taichi who a few years ago all thought was shite and then got out of the junior division and has actually become something where he's kind of a real asset. It can happen. The problem is this gimmick. It's the kind of the clothing. It's the, it's the other, if he was like kind of wrestling, like this kind of vicious amateur wrestler type, I'd be kind Mm. of fine with it. And in some ways, like just like kind of, but the work itself, it isn't like that. So he starts like on, on his, on his kind of back as if he, you know, in the guard position. Yeah, okay. This is kind of interesting. And then it's Mongolian chops. And those two things don't really exist within the same wrestler, really, should they? It just feels like no. there's a real, like it's the character itself is very much a mess. You don't really know why is he the great Okan? Uh, it's something to do with Genghis Khan. Well, you're clearly not related because your real name's Oka. So like, I, so in some <laughs> ways the whole character, the get up, that stuff doesn't work. However, in terms of where he is in the future, to be honest, I don't know because I wouldn't be surprised if it just turns out he has one great feud in two years' time and we're all going, well, do you know, we were wrong about O'Connor at the time, but it turns out he's he's kind of great. Or, yeah. you know, whatever he's called himself at that point, Terry Khan, I don't know. Because um, <laughs> his first name is like... It's like Tony's long left brother. Is that where we're going? Well, <laughs> Big Terry. There's a gimmick. Uh, <laughs> Big We've tell. got some good gimmicks together. Uh, today, Big Tell. Another show. Based his character and uh, like Terry Venables as well. That niche. <laughs> um, it, 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 it definitely get the briefcase, wouldn't he? If he was doing an L Tell gimmick, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. just, <laughs> just yeah. sneaked under the table. Wow. And, and, well, I think I think Toriyano would work in a kind of L Tell gimmick, wouldn't he? Mm. Uh, I, I, maybe mm. that's just me. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's hard to see him as a um, as like a main a main eventer at this point. I suspect, and it won't happen because they never do anything with their tags. Really, for him, the best place is to be part of a tag team. Oh. And there was him and Cobb, which we're going to come on to that and what a kind of like. In some ways, it'd be yeah. a shame to kind of take Jeff Cobb and move him in single division. But if you told me them two as a tag team, getting rid of the, yeah. just wearing black trunks in there with Jeff Cobb, kind of doing power movie type stuff, I'd be fine with that. Like, take the belts of G.O.D., they can give the costumes back to Seth Rollins and we're all good. Because that, that's the counter people 
<laughs> that's the kind of people me. Like, like for him, like you know, towards the end of his Rev Pro run. To be fair, he did seem to be putting it together a little bit more. Unfortunately, COVID, you know, COVID killed that. But, you know, that little Rampage yeah. uh, duo and, you know, I, I still would maintain a lot of it Gideon Gray mm-hmm. smoke, smoke and mirrors. But, you know, there was maybe a bit more of a, a hope for him there as as a tag team act. Like, I don't know, this talk about mm-hmm. him being the next big thing. And clearly they, they, they slot him somewhere near that because they put him in, you know, he, he's there from top with Tanahashi on a Wrestle Kingdom. That doesn't happen by accident. Um, they yeah. clearly see it, but yeah, I don't. Uh, he's one of the know, wrestlers I mean, of the year in Minoru Suzuki appears in a Rambo and that's it. There is that, there is that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I suppose another counter, like to put it to you, Steph, like when me and Gareth, drunkenly did that uh, that appearance on Will's podcast and I do remember this bit uh, the point Will was putting over as well he doesn't need to be that main eventer what he, what they want out of him and the way Will was seeing him pegged was like you know the, the big guy you know does he have to be five stars in ring can he not be you know a bad Buck Farley equivalent you know in a universe where Buck Farley didn't you know uh, go to absolute shit the last three or four years but you know the potential that Bad Luck Farley showed in, in the early years that type of of role is, is that more likely what you think we'll see out of him uh, in New Japan or yeah, um, you know are the people who are seeing him as in a main event are seeing him maybe in a role differently than maybe New Japan might see him down the line Well, I mean, I just want to say, I, I think he's absolutely fucking amazing. And now that Jay White's going to WWE, he's going to be my <laughs> new top lad. Um, I'm getting first on that train, are we? Yeah, no, I really see how it like... is. <laughs> um, you need to get your mum on the case with this as well, don't you? Uh, I feel that he should be a big guy heater and it's not working at all there's to me there's absolute confusion over the gimmick i felt like when he first um appeared helping osprey in his suit i could see something there and then when he started wrestling and was in the the great okan gear and just everything about it just felt like a totally different person and that they haven't quite worked that out and, and this person doesn't work as a as a big guy heater type i think as much as you know wrestling it's not a big guy business and i actually think to be a big guy you need a certain level of charisma that he doesn't have and frankly i, I know you you know mentioned Fally there i find Fally way more threatening than i never find great okan and i watch Fally's tiktok videos and i know that he's actually just you know a lovely um <laughs> funny uh cuddly bear of a man but when he's in the ring i i see more like more of a danger to him than than i do with okan so i think that his gimmick needs to be worked out what it is and i think that osprey's faction they need to work that out as well, um, mm. where he properly slots in. But as far as this match for a first Wrestle Kingdom outing, they obviously think highly of him because they put him in there with Tanahashi, which is exactly what they did with, with Jay for his yeah. first Wrestle Kingdom match. Um, I can tell you who put on a better performance against Tanahashi and it wasn't the person that wrestled yesterday. <laughs> but, um, I do think I, as much as, they probably, as much as they're giving him, I don't think that in two, three years' time we'll be talking about Great Okan main events. I think we'll be talking about him tagging with someone else in his faction 
and just being slotted into that role. And I think in about 10 years' time, it will be a trivia question. Uh, did Great Khan have a Wrestle Kingdom singles match <laughs> against Tanahashi? True or false? And the wrong answer you'll end up saying is like Master Watto. And you'll go, oh, yeah, you get those two confused. They're both at the same time. Jesus, move on. A, a, a problem with that heater thing, though, as well, is, is it's not even that big. Like, like, you see him stood next to Osprey. Osprey's bigger than him, and Osprey's, like, wider than him. So, like, Osprey's actually the bigger guy in the faction than this this person who's supposed to be the, the muscle or, you know, it looked, looked that way in the first instance. And, you know, again, that's that's probably, like, another reason why I can't take him credibly either, really, is that, that it's that sort of goes against the character as well and you know the way he's sort of been positioned in that that stable as well and yeah i agree tag tag ranks i, I think him and um get yotasuji in there with him i think him and him and yotasuji would make a nice little uh nice little tag team i think the pair of them could be uh could uh could work together get, get another bit of fresh blood in there and just somebody who's never never going to be at the top of the card but gonna just freshen up the the tag di- tag division as well and just pad out pad out osprey's uh osprey's faction a bit but um yeah no no future for, no future for Great O'Khan as, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I'm going to say if there's any you know equivalents of Steph out there, there are the big Oka fans who were uh, who were who telling us like Steph was about Jay White and are telling us how wrong we are and are screaming at their, their radio or their phone right now. You know, just take just get this audio, use it against us in a couple of years. But I'm not yeah. feeling we're going to be proven wrong on this. But there are other podcasts out there you can listen to that will tell you the other <laughs> way. Um, <laughs> but anywho, um, it's a marketplace of ideas. Is, isn't it? There we go. There we go. Yeah, and you know uh, those people do them do make those arguments. Well, I just don't see it, and uh, it doesn't sound like anyone else uh, here does either. Um, I mean, but talking talking Oka and, and him losing uh, the other big match at uh, night one was uh, Osprey losing his match. Uh, Empire not a great start on a on a Wrestle Kingdom weekend. Uh, Osprey and Okada, but yeah, as uh, I think Gareth alluded to earlier, I think that was a this is a match that. I don't know. I feel like it was one for the future. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I always enjoy it when Okada and Osprey get in there. I just feel like this wasn't the. De- I, I was maybe expecting the definitive Okada Osprey Wrestle Kingdom match, and it's not really what I got. Um, what I got instead was you know a very good match. Um, in fact, a great match. You know, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I, I feel silly because I'm going to be saying, you know, I gave, I was between 4.25 and four and a half stars on this one. And four and a half stars is a high rating to give any match. You know, my make crew will say all the time, you know, if you're giving something four and a half, 4.75, you're not talking about one of the best wrestling matches of all time. Maybe we've all lost our minds with this, uh, this star rating business. Um, so I don't want to say, you know, it, it was necessarily disappointing, but maybe my expectation was I was getting the full five star you know, the definitive Okada Osprey Wrestle Kingdom match. For me, it wasn't quite that. I know there are other people out there it was that for. Uh, again, you know, Gareth can talk to it. There are some five stars out on the app for this one as well. Um, but, you know, it's a, for me, a very good match. And I think the, the, the result uh, tells me that, you know, wow, we got a great match there. What I think next year's Wrestle Kingdom or the Wrestle Kingdom after it, we're getting another Okada-Osprey match where Osprey gets that big win, where maybe it gets that extra half star out of someone like me. Uh, I don't know, we're, we're splitting the hairs, say that extra half star. Um, but yeah, that that's the type of match it was for me. And again, don't want to use the word disappointing, but you know, I don't think it was at the ceiling or what they could both do, but still great. Um, I don't know. Where were you on this one, Gareth? 
Yeah, again, I was, it looks like we were pretty consistent, really. I was, you know, I was falling into that sort of 4.25, 4.5 bracket with it. I ended up going with the 4, 4.5. Spending just too much time together, mate. Yeah. <laughs> too many Zoom calls. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, I didn't like, at the end of the day, I was like, oh, you know, it's it, it probably is like a four and a half star match. I think the thing that was in my mind was, was I think like you referenced there, really, it was probably just a little bit different to your expectations going in. Like, um, mm. I don't know. You talk like a card at Osprey, and you think of like in ring, and you know you, you almost can't see less than five star being being the outcome of, of it because you've seen the way they work, and you, you've seen them work to, together in the past, and you think if they're, they're at the elite level working Wrestle Kingdom, I, th- I think the the style of match was you know was was certainly different. I think obviously just getting used to the Osprey heel heel style, I suppose, and him taking away a lot of the high flying and fast paced and big moves, and him definitely sort of working more and more like a heel and you know um slowing the pace down a bit at you know certain points and certainly like earlier on in the match and things which um which worked for the character and i think worked for the match and it sort of especially worked for the match because akada picked up the speed more than he has done recently mm-hmm. you know this year when you know there's is felt like he's been phoning it in for a, you know probably since wrestle kingdom last year really and you know he was definitely he was working faster he was pulling out a few more high flying moves and things like that than we've seen from him for for quite some time as well so it was you know it was different from from that point of view with a with a with a with a card i think I don't think the outcome hurts Osprey too much. You know, I saw a lot of people almost like online, like, oh, that's it for the Empire. They've lost all three matches and Osprey lost and things. You know, I, 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 don't, I, I don't think that's the case. I kind of felt like Akada needed to win this one and then it, it's it's going to ultimately lead to Osprey and his faction, you know, growing and becoming more heelish and trying to do more to 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 win in the future and um um th- that side of things you know I, I, I don't think it don't think it hinders things too much but I, I think i sort of walked away from it feeling yeah that was good that was really really good but mm. there was still a lot left in the tank there as well and you know I th- and, and i think that's only positive because again these two they're going to be in one way or another they're going to be paired to, with each other for a, another year or two years it's going to be on and off you know there's there, there's definitely that character build that's gone on for a number of years and um uh, that th- 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 means that they are going to be working together for a long period of time so i feel like this was very much kind of you know early steps in in their in their rivalry and there's there's, there's definitely more to come i think there's definitely a, a better match to come as well but at the end of the day you, you, you look at the ratings on the app and you know we're over 500 people rating this it's averaging out at 4.63 so the majority of people are giving it more than four and a half the majority of people there are pushing it towards that top tier it's 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 currently sitting there as the match of the weekend you know based on on, on average oh, sorry match of the two days based on the ratings that have come through so far so again i almost feel like i'm talking it down by with the foot with the 4.5 and saying that there's more left in the tank yeah. it was still a fucking brilliant match it just i was just my expectation was i was just going to be hitting five at the end of that and it'd be like no questions asked at all so i think there's that, that that that's when you're in that you know that bizarre star rating scenario really where it's yeah it was fucking mm. really really good Star rating, what's the point? That's basically what we're saying, isn't it, Gareth? Like, it's a waste of time. Yeah, yeah, I'll, shut, I'll, I'll yeah. shut down the app tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm hoping you're the five-star man on this one, JP. No, I'm really boring. Four and a half. Um, 
for the oh god a lot of the same reasons that you guys are saying as well which is this idea that wow for me it kind of more resembled a sprint at points and it didn't have the kind of epic grandeur that say jay white and kota Ibushi did so in some ways it mm. wasn't the match that we thought mm. it was going to be mm. uh, but it did what it did say to me that given a, a lot a good period of time giving it a couple of years the kind of matches you can have in there as an as a long series to go back to i think someone like akada sees osprey and thinks i can reach omega level heights with this person in the ring because effectively and i raised this on the kenny omega round table one of the things that um that akada just sort of does so well is if you've got someone who can go with him in there and kind of really like he will step it up to that level as well. And I think that at times can be the issue is kind of a combination of breaking down, but also frankly in there with some bad opponents or opponents who aren't on his level. And I think here it was, the, what I liked about this was, is this is a feud I want to see more of because I'm intrigued about where it goes. I suspect it goes down the idea that the Empire have to be more ruthless and whether or not that involves, say, poaching people from chaos or whatever. There's a, there's a whole other sort of series that you can go with it that's going to add a bit more depth to it at the same time so for me i'm just wondering whether or not this is you know i think there will be a five-star match between them this just wasn't booked as that kind of a match and i think one of the overall themes was they really wanted to have a kind of feel-good series of shows so i mean i don't know steph what do you make of it um so i went four and a half um and i didn't while I was watching it, you know, I, I thought this is a really great match and I thought I was watching something special or at least the beginning of something that will be remembered as quite special. I think these guys are going to go on and have a long feud with lots of great matches between them. And this was, you know, just the beginning for them. Um, it just, it didn't for me reach anywhere near the heights of white and Ibushi, but I don't think that it would be possible for them to because I just don't think they've built up that that storyline yet. And for Ice Faction, you know, it's such a new faction and I think that he's gonna be the kind of heel leader that will just bounce back from this and as you said, JP just add more um add more people to his stable and think of more like cunning dirty tricks to to try and win because you know, he had he'd be out there but it wasn't enough and it's going to be i can imagine him you know at new year's dash tomorrow having a much different reaction to his loss than than jay had i can feel him being more just explaining it away but him and okada i think that this is a rivalry that's going to go on for years and years and we're probably quite lucky to have that mm. Yeah, that's it. I was going to say one of the things that jumped out to me here though was the was the crowd and like I referenced it previously about feeling True. that there was a definite uplift in the Naito Ibushi match. Obviously, with that that coming right after this, I didn't I didn't get the feeling that the crowd were massively into this, um, which was you know probably unexpected um, or you know they, they, they definitely seemed a bit more sedate than they were for you know some of the some of the other matches on the show so given that this was you know a good match as well with with a carder in there that was that was one of the things that sort of jumped out to me and you were thinking of our people you know 
are, are the Japanese audience invested in this feud? Are they as interested in Will Ospreay as you just presume they might be in things? So, you know, again, I think it's something that, you know, Steph talks obviously there about the, the need to, to build the feud between them a bit more. But, you know, I think it, it seemed clear to me that they need to get that, that crowd engagement a bit, a bit stronger as well, because even with, even with just the club crowds, it was, it was noticeable. I think that, um, yeah. I was going to say Osprey right now might be suffering from what Jay suffered from a couple of years ago, whereas when Jay came back as a switchblade, it was quite a a shock to the fans as how they'd seen him as a young lion. And with Osprey, even though he wasn't this young lion, he was this spectacular wrestler that you could cheer for. Um, and he, yeah, he could be a bit like arrogant sometimes, but he was definitely um, a huge baby face that, that connected with the crowd. And now we're kind of, the crowd are kind of having to accept him as something completely different that's kind of maybe come a bit out of nowhere for them in, in the same way that many people felt that when Jay returned to Switchblade. And I think if he just works on that character more, it will certainly add to to this um, feud with Okada and maybe the next time they face each other we'll feel a little mm. bit more of that emotional investment yeah that's it and like, like you've all said there were elements of it there there were moments where it felt like a heated blood rivalry there were elements of like there were spots in this match, don't get me wrong, that, you know, the reason I gave it four and a half stars, like, so, some of, like, the sequences between the two of them, um, where, you know, Okada slots so well into that, that, that Osprey formula at times, there were great things in this match that have meant we've all, you know, come out at four and a half stars with it, but like we've all said, I think all it says is the ceiling for a match like this is, you know, it's it's five stars, or if you're Dave Meltzer, it's a, it's a couple more than that, it's, it's, a, it's a match where, yeah, we, we, you go in with a very lofty expectation, expectation um and again it was at this point of the weekend as well it was you know probably in fact definitely the best match <laughs> of the uh, of the couple of days it was just maybe it was a uh, eclipsed a little bit by other things in the memory since then too um but yeah like i said at the top we're gonna see these two again at wrestle kingdom it's gonna happen again it's gonna be a long-term rivalry and yeah um i am you know excited uh, as we go into to more matches with them um but yeah i mean there's obviously a couple of other like minor notes we'll talk about uh for, for night one uh, in a moment but i don't know let's let's hit the big matches first uh while we're, we're going through uh the big things that live in the memory and let's talk about some of the big matches from night two as well um not to not to let that get that get lost too much and i didn't expect to say when i talk about big matches from night two to be talking about this one uh, i expected to just be begrudgingly talking about sonata evil and begr- you know begrudgingly um talking about uh you know that one and uh and kind of just you know not having much else to say about uh a slightly disappointing look at night two, but I would say, you know, the big matches on night two really delivered and Shingo and Jeff Cobb is kind of where it started on night two as far as uh, memorable big matches go. And, you know, I I shouldn't doubt it because I think I had that feeling watching it, like Shingo walk comes out and Jeff Cobb comes out and there's a part of me going, oh, here he comes, here comes three-star Jeff Cobb, you know. And, and then there was a moment where I did actually catch myself because I looked at Shingo and went, hang on, no, he is in there with Shingo. Uh, maybe, maybe these doubts I've got about this match, maybe I need to leave, leave them at the door here. And yeah, it turned out to be, to, to be the case. Best match of Jeff Cobb's career? I think it's up there. Um, I, I, you know, I'm 
Sure, Shingo's had better o- over time, including last year, but, you know, a very good match, you know, even by Shingo standards as well. And it was, you know, at the end of the day, exactly what it needs to be. Just two big lads beating the shit out of each other. Like, that's that's the stuff you want that, that never belt for at Wrestle Kingdom. That's the, it's the Ishii slot, you know? It's, you know, maybe not a big lad, but it's the it's the Shibata slot. You, you yeah. want that on these cards. And for me, yeah, I think we needed to talk about this one early because it was, you know... A, a sleeper hit of the weekend, one that I felt the my entire tip Twitter timeline going nuts for uh, at the time, and yeah, they really, really dragged me into a match that that I wasn't expecting to to absolutely love. Uh, I went four point two five for this one. Uh, seems like your type of thing, JP. Where where were you with the uh, with the uh, with the two beefy boys uh, slapping meat, <laughs> as it were? That's a di- different kind of program. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, when I said it was your type of thing, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. four, four and a half, I went on this. I loved it. And one of the first notes I went, Shingo fitted into the Ishii Goto Shibata style Wrestle Kingdom match. Just there great. We go. And one of the things I mentioned is that kind of, the idea of Ishii not being used and, and, and Goto looking lazy under a t-shirt and Suzuki not used. And then you'll think, and then you you're thinking, well, why is Jeff Cobb getting this featured match? And we kind of laid the hints down for this by saying a few times that Cobb reaches the level that his opponent is at. And mm. we kind of forget how great Shingo is. I think mm. sometimes it's so easy to, because he's consistently brilliant, but he's always positioned in that place in the upper mid card. Mm. It, it, this match, though, for me, it just completely delivered. Um, they just went at it from the beginning. And the moment that Jeff Cobb hit that great drop kick near the start, I was like, oh, yeah, he's on. He's switched on. He's just sort of whatever mm. it is, that idea of him kind of looking quite, you know, what, where's the fire? Well, it was here. Mm. And him getting the broken nose, I think, kind of worked better for it as well. Um I loved the pumping bomber that kind of turned him inside out, that bump from there, because it was a real war of attrition stuff at that stage, at that, st- at that stage. Oh, it just, they both came out of this looking great. I came out really enthusiastic looking for whenever the rematch is, which will probably be on one of these new beginning cards whenever they take place. But this mm. as a main event of Kurikan, I'm completely on board with. I'm completely on board and want to see that. You're speaking of the best match of his career. The only other one I can think of that ever comes to mind is him and Matt Riddle and progress. Mm. That's the only other one I, I, I was kind of thinking that I know that I've, I've seen their life or it. It was great. But this was like on the big, big stage, someone who we feared may have had stage fright, but he really delivered from here. Is this just like, you know, it's Wrestle Kingdom, it's that big night in there with a great opponent, you know, it's one of the things, is he going to live up to that kind of standard? I don't know. And God, if we could get Shingo Kotorobushi at some point during this title run, if you get, if the Neverbelt mm-hmm. goes off Shingo and you're looking for an interim defender, God, that'd be great as well. But that's not how they view him on there. But yeah, four and a half. I was fully prepared when I watched that. I went, this is, might well be my match of the weekend. And then the main wow. event happens, which I think is kind of oh. better. Yeah. And if you told me it was Jeff Cobb in a Wrestle Kingdom main event, we'd probably be, I imagine we would have been talking about one of the worst Wrestle Kingdom weekends of all time. But no, absolutely superb. Loved it. Yeah. How about you, Gareth? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of these again when when we were like probably previewing things or talking about it last week or whatever. You know, you know what you get with Shingo. You know, it's going to be good. You know, it's going to be always good. But we're we're all like on the Jeff Jeff Cobb side of it kind of thing. And, you know, that's the, that's a bit that's pulling it back. And definitely, maybe we're talking about you know the people there who were in the Rambo and things. Who you're thinking, oh, they'd be better opponents for um, they'd be better opponents for Shingo on this this particular stage. And you know, I definitely had that moment where I started watching in this match and I think it was like five minutes in where I was just suddenly like oh, oh my god this is this is actually really fucking good this and then like and then yeah. you know, five minutes later like, this, is, this is really good kind of thing and it just sort of grew on me with no expectations and I think you know again that's something that can really like help when you kind of like go into something with no expectations and then you suddenly realize like fuck this is good like it definitely like nudges uh, nudges things things up for you and you know I, I like the uh, you know, I think it's you know it started off with the it was almost like Cobb's the power guy and Shingo's a bit more speed, but then as it built, then it was like no, actually Shingo can live with him on the power as well, and they can live with each other on the striking side of things as well, and it just became just very much you know like you say, just two two big lads just knocking the hell out of each other as things uh, things things went on, and you know some of the stuff like I love that like uh, deadlift wheelbarrow suplex that Shingo did on Cobb that just it was brilliant it looked great and then just at the the time that it was hit it looked absolutely absolutely fantastic and you know it was it was just one of those matches that you just got totally lost in you know you could tell that the crowd was into it importantly you could tell that they were both into it as well because it's one of them things with with Cobb that you sometimes wonder if he gets a bit lazy or he's is just uh you know phoning it in doing doing the minimum in some instances but oh yeah it was absolutely fantastic stuff and you know like again as soon as i put it on the app there's like you know five stars flying in from people there as as well and when you look at the match ratings for over the weekend you know i said a carter osprey was averaging out at the top um from the two days at 4.63 this match is 4.62 so it's basically you know it's you know 0.1 from being the match of match of wrestle kingdom which again if you just told me jeff cobb's going to be you know at that level you know, I'd have laughed kind of yesterday or the day before yesterday or whatever. You know, prior to this this taking place, I just didn't think it was. Uh, I just didn't think it was possible. And, and you know, like UJP, I was trying to think. Okay, well, what is what is Cobb's best match? And I know I I loved that riddle match at, at Super Strong Style. And you know, I'd looked and on the app, that's that's the best match that he's ever had at four point five seven. So it's you know it's past it's past that in terms of average rating for the for the best one on the on the app, and then. The only one behind that is it was a three-way bowler in um, 2018 with uh, with Shingo and Bandido in that yeah so Mm -hmm. so it's you know Shingo's in there with them again so clearly they're uh, they're two good guys to be uh, paired together for for getting the getting the best out of each other I think as well a big thing for me was. Um, he just walked away with this, just feeling like Jeff Cobb just had his his stock had risen. He had massive, uh, a huge amount more credibility when he walked out of the you know, you know at the at the end of that. So the result of the match was almost like inconsequential, really. And when you're in a world there where you're talking about the great Okan and you know comparing the impact he's had, if there's one person who looks like the big fucking hard bastard muscle who's behind Will Osprey in the Empire, it's certainly looking like Jeff Cobb, not uh, not the great O'Khan. And, you know, I think Cobb's, Cobb definitely sort of laid a marker down as, you know, actually, I'm going to be more important in this this faction uh, this weekend and certainly grabbed his opportunity a hell of a lot more than the great O'Khan did. 
Yeah, I'm I'm kind of like in the in the for me it's like I don't know. I I, I like that idea that there's going to be competition in that stable, you know, for for that for that spot. I'm still tempering my expectations where he was in there with Shingo uh, when it comes to Jeff Cobb. I mean, I don't know. Have you been a have you been moved by Jeff Cobb in the past, Steph? Is he, is he so, was he someone in the G1 who was a standout for you? I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Um, but I, I know you weren't expecting that. Moved by Jeff Cobb. <laughs> Has anyone ever like other than physically? Um, yeah, I've never been moved by by Jeff Cobb, sadly. But um, and yeah, I feel like in this match, uh, Cobb really finally performed how he looks and lived up to maybe the expectations that we had of him. That whether it was nerves or that that just made him fail to to be that person beforehand and it was just like two young hard guys just beating the shit out of each other and it, and it was pretty mm. great and usually I prefer two big hard daddies like Suzuki and Ishii beating the shit out of each other but <laughs> I'm glad to see that we have a younger generation of hard men that can maybe continue to deliver these matches for the next 20 years yeah, yeah. and I would have put Jeff Cobb in that category uh, until this weekend and yeah still not doing somersaults still not expect you know I've still got that G1 in my brain the last two G1s in fact in my brain with him but definitely showed more here um, and showed what you know we have seen glimpses of like, like you lads have said in you know like that riddle match or you know glimpses of what we saw in pwg or i love them in lucha underground i'll always say that whenever jeff cobb comes up um but yeah maybe 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 2021 can be uh the year he puts the this all together but uh yeah that was a uh, one of the big matches on night two that i didn't expect to uh for us to uh to, to, to delve into and all uh all love so much but yeah like uh like we all said and the the average on the grapple up says it all i think this was a a real real big highlight of the weekend um another highlight of the weekend for me was uh, during this next match, Sonata and Evil, where I uh, found myself in Greg's in town. Um, <laughs> it's the uh, yeah, the uh, it was always happening. Uh, I will, I will, I will confess uh, on night one uh, when uh, when when we did get the Greg's order in, it was a, a delivery Greg's order. So you know, I'm not I'm not saying that uh, the God made me want to watch their match, but you know, being in there with you know a, a, a you know. A tai Chi use he's actually been all right uh, these last couple of years. Maybe, maybe he uh, he kept me involved, but Sonada and Evil, especially coming after an intermission, um, there's no way I was sticking around for that one. So you guys are gonna have to uh, catch me up. Uh, I don't know, Steph. What did I miss? Anything? I'm not the person to ask because <laughs> I took I took the opportunity of an intermission to wash my hair and the opportunity of an evil and Sonata match to dry it. So um, wow. did any of us watch this? <laughs> I mean, my biggest takeaway from it was at one point hearing the commentary be like Sonata is on fire, and me just thinking, man, I don't think that guy would be on fire if I covered him in fucking glider fluid and let a match beside him <laughs> <You know? laughs> just no <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> oh. gareth what do we miss I was, I just... I w- <laughs> oh sorry all right um, i was gonna say uh, oh, i intended go to watch it back today but i had to <laughs> Well, you know about my love of evil, and you know about my love of Sonata, mm. and mm. I was 
surprised, positively surprised by this match because I went three and a half stars on it, which is probably, you know, half a star, a full mm. star higher than I would have expected to, to, to go on it. It was reasonably entertaining. And I was like, when I got to the end of it, I was like, you know what? I didn't, I quite enjoyed that for what, for what it was. And it was, I think the placement of the match probably had a big thing to do with it. I think part of the big part of the problem that I've had with evil and, and Sonata in, in the recent past is when it's been at the top of the card and it's been like the thing that's, you know, but you know, it's for the belts or it's, you know, you know, or at least evil's been, been the champion and or it's, it's been something that looked like they were becoming the like figureheads of the company. Whereas here further down the, card and just as a mid card you know as a mid card match on this show it was enjoyable enough and you know it, it i mean it, it was what it was in terms of there was a it felt like it was just a collection of spots that had very little in between them to sort of piece them together and some of that was big moves and some of it was interference and things like that but mm. you know it was it was almost I would say it was almost kind of like very WWE style, WWE feud ending style, kind of in the in, in the way that it was presented. You know, from from going back a few, back back a few years, and you know, we sort of felt at the end that like um, you know, Evil and Dick Togo, their chickens have come home to roost almost, and that you know, they kind of got what they deserved for you know the the way things that had um, you know that. That the, the, they've done things over the course of, of of the last year. Dick Togo was an absolute fucking star in this match. The the bump that he took onto the table was just fantastic. You know, hilariously fantastic. But again, just at points during this, he was he was just a he was just an absolute absolute legend. And it and it was one of those where I think because the expectations were dialed down because of the fact that it, the the placement on the card was was much less near the near the top, so it was almost like credibility wasn't as important, and it was you know what what they needed to deliver was a bit different. It, it was all you know reasonably entertaining stuff and something that you could treat a bit more lighthearted and not, and something that you didn't need to probably critically analyze or review in the way that you are when it's yeah this is the main event and this is you know this is for the titles so you know again i certainly didn't expect that i was going to be you know i was going to be saying this you know like i never ship post from the main grapple account but you know before this match i was you know putting out there or oh, everyone will be there poised with the five stars if they're ready for this one and stuff you know couldn't help myself you know because it was something that i was you know looking forward to shitting on probably on this show tonight but you know it was it was it, it, it was decent. It was good, and importantly, and maybe this helped it as well. The crowd were fucking well into it. The crowd were proper up for That's this, proper up for this match, and I think it, it made a made a huge difference. And it it made you feel like they really wanted to see Evil and Dick Togo get the comeuppance. They did get the comeuppance in the end, and you know, Sonata went away as the the babyface, putting a, a smile on everyone's faces and putting an even bigger smile on Eddie Shotai's face with his five stars that he gave for this one. I will, I, I will add the point that he, he gave five stars for Dick Togo's performance and two stars for the yes. for the match. That was his uh, <laughs> his addition on, on on Twitter. But he was uh, he, he just wanted to clarify that so we didn't uh, shit talking too much uh, on the on the on the show. But uh, but yeah, I was very surprised to see that five star uh, coming coming on the app from uh, 
from Eddie there, but uh, but yeah, no, there, there you go. There's your positive, surprisingly positive Evil Sonata review. Get yourself out of Greg's and go and give it a watch, mate. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Like, so yeah, one of us was in Greg's, one of us was doing our was washing our hair, one of us loved it, and someone out there gave it five stars. JP, I'm assuming you're somewhere in the middle of those options. Uh, I feel bad now. Maybe I do need to go back and watch this I'm, thing. I'm close JP, to... you're always the one telling me off for not doing my homework. So yeah, you know. exactly. The, the the completest, which never works in my favour. So I'll send I'll send you a show from Stardom, safe in the knowledge that I won't even get a response from you. Let alone, yeah, I might watch this. That's just not happening. And all everyone in this call is guilty of that as well. I might. Oh, yeah. Yourself, oh, I fell for this, JP. You've sent us stuff before and gone, yeah, lads, uh, let's all review all Japan this week. And then I obviously don't watch it. Gareth watches it. And then JP gets on the call. Nah, I've actually watched it. You yeah, know, lads. See. Just thought I'd send it to you on Drive. I didn't want to. I don't fall for your games, JP. I, I didn't want to watch this. I really didn't. Because I started <laughs> walk this evening through it. And I was like, oh, God, this is going to be hard work. But I think the. When you mentioned the placement, I think that Shingo Cobb match, because obviously I'm not watching it live like you guys were, so I'm kind of skipping through. But that Cobb Shingo match just set me up for watching it. And okay. I went three and a half in the end. Very, very similar to a lot of stuff that, that Gareth had said. That Dick Tobo bump into the table was, was incredible. The crowd were really engaged for it. However, 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 I didn't really see you don't see long-term main eventers in the, in a kind of a blood feud match. We're still talking three, three and a half stars in three and a half stars in one of the top matches. Yeah. That's, and there is your problem because a lot of stuff did still drag in this match. There was stuff in here mm. that was quite, I mean, he hit the moon soul and all I could think of was, I wonder how Gareth felt about that once he'd actually done that for once, <laughs> but it wasn't <laughs> after the skull end. So it wasn't quite the same thing. Um, yeah. I did it, find it, myself. It, it did miss one. It, it did release the, oh, yeah. it did release the skull end and end up missing one. So, uh, there you go. We ticked that box anyway. He did. It's just that. Okay, it was the obvious place to have a blow-off match. I had such low expectations, and it didn't hit those low expectations. And I agree with Gareth. Like the crowd were very clearly they wanted to see Evil and Dick Togo get their comeuppance, which is exactly what happened. So mm. it was fine. But my God, the road to get to what is ultimately a fine match, absolute hell. really is. It just feels like you've been crawling naked through broken glass. To finally watch <laughs> this match, and you go, was that worth it? And it was that what, cut to shreds. So. Was, was, was that what you were doing at the end of the last podcast? <laughs> that's that's what it felt like. It certainly felt like what I was spewing up as well. <laughs> Look, we were uh, all tired and emotional at the end of that. Yeah, thank Christ. Um, I have to pay my mortgage somehow. <laughs> oh well yeah that that that's the thing it, it and you've both raised it and we do it's almost like our burials or me outright not watching this thing always comes with a disclaimer doesn't it as gareth said a couple of times now the japanese fans love it like the evil and sonata are massively over whether it's worth chasing off the more casual fans i don't know um, mm. you know, maybe the the more international fans, but then again, how many of us are there? And you know, uh, are we the the drivers to New Japan's business? I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's people out there who love it, and I'm sure there's Japanese fans and LA, uh, hardcore LA fans, not just in Japan, who are wanting to give this one five stars. Um, I don't know. I, although you've both given it a more positive review than I thought, 
I'm still not desperate to run out and watch. It's evil and Sonata, you know. I just, yeah. I just can't. I would say that. Sorry, if they're, go, if they're going. Go on, go. No, no, go on. <laughs> we were played by Gremlins of the show, everyone, and hopefully uh, JP, who's done the edit on this one, has done a fantastic job in uh, Iron <laughs> and the Molos. <laughs> I think you'll find that they haven't, and they've learned this already to get to that stage. So it was shoddy uh, at best, and he couldn't be bothered to take out a lot of stuff. The end. What's and all? Um, <laughs> you'll be doing more work than me. <laughs> yeah, I've forgotten the original point. I was gonna, I was gonna raise there. Um, I, I was gonna say they've got a US and UK TV deal, which we don't mm. know what it is. Um, mm. I was hoping it's Vice. If it's B in Sports, then ultimately I think that'll be a bit of a disappointment because we don't get B in sports in the UK but Vice is something that makes a bit more sense you don't want to be putting Evil and Sonata on there you want to be putting Kota Ibushi on there and that's why in some ways sorry to bring it back to what we said earlier on he's kind of the perfect champion for what they want and what you would want out of him is spectacular performances in a whole variety of different ways and he looks like a Greek god and that's that's who they've they, that they've got in I just think, you know, if they're going to be, yeah, play, I just never see Evelyn Sonoda again. Yeah. I think we can all all live without it, can't we? Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think it's going to be years of it. Sorry, at the end of the day, you were talking about it being like third from the top, but in reality, that's on a two-day Wrestle Kingdom where there's matches. True. You'd be talking, if this was one show, that'd be like, mm. it might be fifth from the top or sixth from the top or something like that, which again, for the level of match oh. that they put on, yeah, with the level of match that they put on, that was perfectly fine and adequate. It was, you know, and that, 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 that's all you can, that's all you can take from it. You know, like I say, you can't deny what JP said there. The road that it's taken to get to this point definitely hasn't been worth it for the, for the payoff at the, at, at the end of it. And yeah, hopefully it's, it's not, hopefully it's something that they've learned from and it's not where there's going to be huge mileage throughout 2021 in terms of getting Evelyn and Sonata, you know, at the top of the card against each other because, uh, cause yeah, I don't think any of us want to see any more of that. No. I mean, but speaking of uh, LIJ guys, I think we all do want to see more of, and we saw twice over this weekend uh, getting the, the semi final slot on night two, um, which was a bit of a surprise to me. I suppose the title match, it was uh, Hiromu and, uh, and Taiji Ishimori. Um, Hiromu had a, an interesting weekend being uh, one of two people with, uh, well, I suppose there was the people in the uh, in the ridiculous Yano Stip match, but in proper matches, uh, mm. the other guy doing double duty was uh, was Hiromu, and I think it was a tale of two hours. I feel like that first first night, uh, which we're gonna, we're about to do clean up on, was you know, it was a fun opener with him and LP. I wouldn't go any further than that, mm. but I thought him and uh, Taiji Shimori it was a was a really really good match, um, a great sprint of a match, a great advert for you know Hiromu potentially moving up uh you know into into heavyweight at some point that we all constantly talk about anytime he kills and i suppose you can't move everyone up but you know i feel like okay yeah he gets a, he gets another you know great moment here but you know i would like to i would like to see uh impermanently uh in that semi-final uh slot uh, especially as opposed to to evil uh and sonada but no, I thought this was a really fun match. I gave it 4.25 stars. And yeah, uh, I know you were a, a big fan of this one uh, as well, Steph. Yeah. Um, I think firstly, the his match against his first match against ELP, I th- I thought that was a really great opener, especially like I wouldn't consider the Rambo um, an opener. I think I was still asleep during that. <laughs> but um, I, I, I thought this was, I think I'm maybe higher on ELP than 
um, a lot of other people. Maybe that's because I had seen him quite a bit in RevPro, and I do think he has a good charisma about him. I think he's a good heel. He's a very um, North American heel. Um, there's just mm-hmm. something... <laughs> I'm not even sure what that means, but he has like a very unique... Uh, like I know he's um, Canadian, so a very unique <clears throat> North American charisma that may not translate that well, but <clears throat> I think he pulled out some quite innovative spots here, being in against um, Hiromu. But then Night 2... That was another great kind of good versus evil match. And I liked the story that they were um, trying to to tell of Hiromu being the one that kind of gets all the, the glory and the stuff of the junior heavyweight division, even though Ishimori had been the champion and... Um, I think Hiromu, he played his usual great babyface style, but he almost had like a bigger element of happiness to him um, that I think just kind of um, added, added to his uh, performance. But yeah, it was great. And as far as like Hiromu moving up to heavyweight, I think it, it absolutely has to happen. And in a way, I was disappointed that he won because... I want to see it happen, and as you said, better like not everyone could be moved up to heavyweight, but you know, can the can the guy with the most charisma and the biggest potential to cross over and connect with people all around the world, like can he at least move up to heavyweight? You know, <laughs> that's yeah, that's really what I want to see. But he he had a he had a, a great Wrestle Kingdom, and he did pull it out two nights in a row. How about you, JP? Where were you on that one? Or uh, Hiromu's weekend in general? Hiromu's weekend in general, it was possibly... Okay, so there were two very obvious stories, as you kind of mentioned. There was this and the Ibushi ones. And it felt like the Ibushi one you had to go a lot longer in order to get there, and that was fine. But it was like reaching this kind of giant mountain. Whereas in Hiromu's case, it was just him being back in the position, which makes most sense, but we're still ultimately killing times until it becomes a heavy. And yeah. the juniors have felt a lot more like an afterthought this year than what they had done. Yeah. They've done some really good work in kind of building it up when obviously they it culminated in Osprey versus Shingo. I thought this was fine. I went four stars on it, but I can't really necessarily like remember lots from it. And I only, I've only seen it, what, probably about three and a half hours ago, which isn't necessarily a great sign. It was good. I like Taiji Ishimori, but in some ways it was like, considering the position that the juniors were in for that second match on the card, on a Wrestle Kingdom card, it wasn't the kind of blow away match that. I don't know if they were possibly hoping for. But again, ultimately, if you look at what they were trying to deliver for large parts of this weekend, it's about making that crowd happy. And Hiromu winning twice makes that crowd happy. Much like Sonada winning and Kota Ibushi winning and Akada winning. It's like all of the kind of very obvious decisions. And it just felt like the most obvious of them all. However, if we were going to book it, we'd probably book, we would have booked exactly the same thing because it would have been the thing that made most sense. It's just hard to get excited about it. And even when watching it, like I was watching this going, yeah, this is really good, but I recently saw that Desperado match and I absolutely loved that. I went four and a half on that and I thought that was really enjoyable. Whereas this one, I was like, 
yeah, this is good, but I'm not really engaged because Hiromu's getting the title and then we're going to get one more year of that and then potentially see whether he moves up to the heavies in 2022. How about you, Gareth? Do you think that's the way it's going? I mean, I don't know. I mean, there does seem a bit of logjam at the top, and certainly from a babyface perspective, you know, especially if, depending on what's happened with Jay White and things, that then, I don't know, I think it is a longer journey for Hiromu than maybe some people think uh, in terms of him getting to the top. Again, I don't know. Obviously, it's, you, you don't know what the future's going to hold from, from from that point of view. You know, I still, knowing New Japan, you know, I you know, they, they will be, it does take a long time for, for people to come through and they will employ a bit of, you know, patience and, you know, things often don't happen until after you think they, they should have happened as well. So I don't necessarily think he's, he's stepping up to, to heavyweight anytime soon. Um, I mean, this match, you know, I gave it 4.25. Um, you know, it was, it was a match that I, I enjoyed. I think, I think probably for, for this, I, once I got over the distraction of Taiji Shimori's weird blonde corner mullet that he had on the back of his head, <laughs> like I was like, well, well I'm going to grow a mullet, but I'm just going to grow it on the corner of my neck kind of thing. Or, you know, like, what the hell? I don't know. That was, that was very distracting at first. But once I, once I got into it, he, he uh, definitely sort of, uh, won me back a bit with his limb work because I loved the way that he worked on Hiromu's arm and worked on his, his shoulder and you know a lot of the work that he was doing there with the exposed buckle and putting the shoulder lock on and things like that you know I, th- I thought it was a it was really you know it worked really well and had you know Hiromu in, in, in peril and he was having to you know he was having to just throw out a lot of sort of almost like impulsive moves that he was you know having to having to land to, to get back into the match as well and I, th- I, th- I think it worked you know really positively as a as a match structure standpoint and you know ultimately again sort of as it as it worked through to things at the end you know i think it it sort of accelerated to to a pace and it was it was it was a it was a good finish and you know got the the right ending at the end as well for the crowd and everything so again it was one of those where it put a smile on the face and put a smile on the face of the crowd and you know i thought that was that was absolutely absolutely spot on the, the bit i hated was hiromu doing that big long walk down the ramp that he did and then he like mm-hmm. sprinted 100 meters to sort of drop kick him and sort of got caught in a side slam and kevin kelly was having to do this weird kind of cover for him saying oh you couldn't see Ishimori in the dark there and that just all looked too contrived and it just looked shit to me and that, that put me on a bit of a downer at, at that point and in terms of uh, that was just just felt like unnecessary and just felt a bit ridiculous um, at, at that point but all in all that was a really good one and it, it, for me it made up for the day before because I I mean I gave three stars to that ELP match the, the day before. I was probably been a bit polite with that, to, to, to be honest as well. I, I, f- I feel like it was a bit clunky. I felt like the chemistry was a bit poor and a bit off. And they think they, they, it just didn't seem, seem sort of smooth and, and, and slick, really. And, it, yeah, you know, I'm a, I don't mind a bit of ELP. I think he, he you know, is someone who's normally either from a character works point of view or even in ring, you know, comes across more more positive than this. So I was probably expecting more from from these two working to together. And you know, I, th- mm. I think I was that was a bit dis- disappointed there. I think where you talk about earlier on about you know maybe unnecessary matches that were on Wrestle Kingdom, this to me at the end just sort of fell into that that category. And, and you know, I know they kind of almost wanted to give a bit of 
prestige, I suppose, for ELP winning uh, winning the other tournament that was that was going on in in, in America, and it had been you know the the winners of the two tournaments going up against each other here to to get that title shot the following day. But I don't know if this had delivered, then it would have seemed worthwhile. But the fact that it didn't really deliver, then it just sort of just felt unnecessary to me, and um, I could have you know could have done without it. If we were talking about a one day Wrestle Kingdom event, this is. You know, obviously, you wouldn't want um, Hiroma working twice anyway, but it was definitely one of mm. that you could have cut from the card. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think we we all end up similar places at it, but yeah, I suppose it's uh, expectations are a big part of that as well. And I think if it was a one day, you know, event, you probably just have gotten this match or maybe a different kind of big Hiromu match. But yeah, but but I, I would say that was that was a point. To be fair, I do think that the the two day, you know thing with the with the junior title did feel you know a little bit unnecessary and a little bit and another one of those things where like our criticism we have for the world title matches going into this 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 two days it was like okay you're just doing this to stretch it out to two days and they kind of did that with the with the junior title here as well so yeah can definitely see that point um i mean you mentioned it there as did you this uh stuff with that with that el phantasmo match i mean generally speaking i mean i'll throw the floor out we've kind of covered the the big matches and the main stuff uh what's the other stuff where we, we have strong feelings on i'm assuming uh everybody's uh got a whole lot to say about the uh the yano division uh the king of pro wrestling uh oh two night extra street speaking of dragging things out two days jp there, there was that. That, that that was something that happened over these two days too no reward either <laughs> at the end of it i hated this opening match because all i thought is when i watched the rambo was like why are these four at the end and i heard it predicted <laughs> it would be those four at the end and i kind of guess farley would be there and i was like oh man really these guys in this opening mm. match absolute mm. shit look it's fine but save that stuff for Kurikan, all right it's Wrestle Kingdom. You've got access yeah. to some of the greatest wrestlers in the world, and this shite is on a one star. And that's being. You can't polite. bring cheeseburger in. Don't do the Rambo. Like if you can't no. do the big surprise, the old boys. Don't do a Rambo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If we're gonna laugh. You can't risk them in COVID times. Let's laugh at it. But it's not mm. laughable if you're just kind of bored and thinking about how people are being misused. Mm. Like remember that guy who won it a couple of years ago, the last one. We didn't. None of us knew who he was. He'd been mm. long retired for a while. It was like, that's the kind of stuff that the Rambo is, is there for. It's just that mm. when you see someone like Hanare, who has something about mm. him and he's being wasted, whereas shit like Chase Owens is appearing on the fucking main card, you're like, oh, Christ above, here we are. Yeah, yeah and it was all we, very yeah. dragged yeah. out and very obvious at points as well. It's like, yeah, you let him in the knackers and roll one up. That's the, that's the way this is going. <laughs> I was going to say, to that point, Chase Owens, like Gareth, you mentioned, you know, <laughs> Jay White and, uh, and Kota Ibushi coming out looking like a million dollars and the biggest night of their lives. <laughs> Not quite the same, is it, when Chase Owens was the, the, was he the first out the curtain? I'm pretty sure he was. Fuck me. Like, yeah, that, I don't need that on my Wrestle Kingdom. No, definitely, like, definitely, he's definitely the antithesis of what those two, uh, those two look like. And, you know, for, you don't want him on your telly anyway for, for other reasons. Um, yes. um, but, you know, again, if, for Chase Owens to be getting a spot where he works both nights of a two, uh, <laughs> a two day Wrestle Kingdom, you know, something's going wrong in the world when, uh, when, when that's happening. And yeah, I could, I couldn't have cared less about the, uh, that match or, or the, the Rambo on the day before, even, you know, the, the the structure of it with the the final four just took 
took away from it completely really you know it was just about both both just felt pointless and yeah i was thinking watching this i prefer a never six-man title defense because Yoshihashi would have been well up for it. You'd have got Ishii in there as well. You perhaps would have used people a little bit better. It probably would have had some wild action, but my God, it would have... It, it may have only been three stars, that, that type of a match, but I'll tell you what, it would have beaten this shit. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, any just, thoughts? Oh, God, sir. Yeah, I was going to say, I just think it's nice of them to like open both show with both shows for the match that I couldn't care less about giving me time to make coffee, you know, get everything set up that I need to once you're waking up that early in the morning. Like it, they were both, it was the equivalent of there being like a WWE pre-show, you know, it, it just <laughs> to me didn't have any meaning. And yeah, cheers Owens. Like, uh, you know, New Japan always has that one random guy where you wonder how they got there and, and congratulations, Chase Owens, it you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like that one year, wasn't it, where like I'm sure somebody got injured and it was like a it was a best of the super juniors time and he just he got the spot and he's never gone away since like a fucking uh, bad smell. And he he looks yeah. like a bad smell. Like, you know. Not judging, but you know, as far as wrestlers who look like they stink. He's up there at the top of my list, I'm just saying. Um, he looks like a it's southern like, indie one. It's, like, it's like he should have belonged to when they had the NWA champion, like title defences coming in. That's, that's where he came in. That is where he came Daddy in. Daddy Yum yeah, Yum that. and Rob Conway. Yeah, that's his, that's his, uh, yeah, that, that, that's his lot. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, no fun. Um, I was going to say, like, I, I can't, I, we're getting to the, maybe dregs is harsh, but like, you know, they're, they're not so interesting stuff on the cards. Anybody have any strong thoughts on either the uh, the tag title matches? Uh, we had God and uh, against Dangerous Techers, and we had Suzuki Gun against Basta Watto and Raisuke Taguchi, in which I was just wondering what Mart- Watto was even doing on the card and just wishing for yeah. Desperado to just murder the both of them. To be honest, uh, Taguchi's another one. Live crowds love him. Can't fucking stand him. He hasn't been funny a day in his life. Um, I would quite happily have uh, have seen Despy choke those two men out, and I didn't. Martin's get wife, Martin's um, wife Lisa, that's her favourite wrestler, isn't it? Taguchi, and I've never. Is under- it? Yeah, yeah. Wow. At times, he's been the deciding reason on whether or not she goes or not to a to a show, and the New Japan ones, he was like Taguchi oh, yeah. was always the case. Yeah. Right. If, Martin, if Martin's playing this uh, out loud in the kitchen or something, sorry, Lisa, I apologize. Yes, uh, obviously, there are Taguchi fans out there, but I'm not one of them. Uh, anyone on those two matches? Uh, for, for me, the only things that stood out on those two matches were just like physical appearance. And for one, it was just seeing Tamatonga and just like that, you know, I tweeted out about this as well. But him just cutting his hair and his beard has got to be one of the great lockdown mistakes of 2020 because there was a guy who was like shit, shit in the ring, but at least his look was semi-decent. He had a sort of a half-decent look that I think people fell for, that like he was he was better than he, than, he, than he was. And what he's done is he's like actively made an uninteresting wrestler look even less interesting mm-hmm. by, ta- by, by doing that. He's like taken some of the the star quality, if you would call it that, or, you know, like visual appeal of him as a wrestler. And now he just looks like it could be like 
you know, just just anyone, a another wrestler sort of thing. So he's sort of actively taken away from his uh, from his look. What I would say though is on on night two there was was Master Wow looked a lot better. I thought I thought his hair was less comically blue. Like it was, it looked like he'd uh, yeah. gone for a um, a more subtle shade of blue in his hair there. Which uh, you know there was the uh, the black coming through, so he looked a bit like less children's entertainer, less comedy clown there, and, and even like his ring gear, like his his he had much much better pair of trousers on there it was a, a much better color blue so maybe they're uh, maybe they realized they went a bit too uh, too far one way with a uh, with master watto and uh, they've tried to to work on his look i mean he's he's still shit he's, he's still like his work's not smooth at all his timing fucking stinks and things like that but mm. they might as well start with things and they you know at least if he doesn't look like total dog shit then at least uh, there's, <laughs> the, there's there's one one step up on the improvement ladder for him anyway so there you go there's a positive for master watto I sense a gimmick change from him. That's what feels like th- this was hitting at. Because I was thinking, oh, he looks less like a twat here, doesn't he? His, ha- his hair's a lot less blue. You mentioned, though, in terms of Tamatonga and the hair. Because I've always thought, if you had a friend with hair like that, you'd go, look, come on, get it cut. Like, you look a state. However, in wrestling, the inverse is always true, isn't it? Whereby the hair kind of adds to the moves, especially if you're doing that kind of stun gun that he does anyway. But also the fact he slithers around on the ring. And he seems to have got a bit chunkier as well. So he just looks like a kind of big lad trying to pretend to be a lizard every once in a while. And it just doesn't really come across. And like the costumes in in and of themselves, I can't take it seriously. The thing about GID I'll always say is I like the theme music. I think that's great. I think they should just go Rocky Romero. Yeah, I think they should just go New Jack style and just play it throughout the entirety of their matches. Or at least that one year when they started swearing comically throughout the match. That was kind of fun. But here, I found myself, as with both of these tag teams, because the the junior tag titles are so much more of an afterthought because there isn't the depth in the division to kind of maintain, really, a junior title at times, let alone a bloody junior tag titles. And they haven't done enough to kind of make that in and of interesting in and of itself and you haven't got someone like the bucks in there who can have that kind of spectacular opening car crash match that would that would help kind of set the tone and in the overall senior tag team i thought actually taichi and zach did as good a job as they could do and the crowds like taichi and mm. I've been, I've enjoyed Taichi for a while. I enjoyed large swathes of him in the G1 as well. It just made you think, okay, all right, are we just going to go back to a series of rematches between them, which I suspect is what it is. And before you'll know it, it'll be December again. And we'll go, they never did anything with the tag titles again for another year. What, for that big moment of G.O.D. winning them at Wrestle Kingdom? which precisely nobody would have known that had happened unless the commentary team weren't saying it all the time. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, any strong thoughts on any of that, Steph? Uh, any thoughts on what you do with G.O.D.? Like, I mean... <laughs> Did you yeah, watch G.O.D.? I, I can't imagine. I would have thought that would be a certain Greg's break for, for you guys. Oh, oh, you missed that, JP, earlier on when you were <laughs> maybe dropped off the call. Oh, sorry. That, I did... I did actually... To, to, no, to, to the defence of Tai Chi, you were just putting over with the Japanese fans. He's also over in, uh, in my house. I did stay home and watch that match and did the Greg's order on Just Eat. It was one ninety nine delivery, so, you know, can't argue. Pissing money away, aren't you, Benno? <laughs> it's a big weekend. It is, isn't it? Um, I, yeah, I sadly have to agree on the whole Tamatonga 
bad decision that he made with this <laughs> hair change. Um, I'm really shallow, so I always thought G.O.D. looked really, really cool, especially Tamatonga. Um, I really like, you know, I really like both their entrance themes, and they just gave off this, like, I don't want to compare them to, like, N.W.O. Wolfpack, but maybe a lesser version. They were giving me that vibe of coolness and street cred and now he's cut his hair and I'm just kind of, you know, I always got this thought that Tamatonga is probably a really nice guy, probably because he's quite smiley if you see him, you know, not not in the ring and now he's got short hair. I just He just seems like a nice dad, really. <laughs> um, and... You know, not, hey, not what's the... wrong with nice dads? We've got two nice dads on the call here. Come on. I don't, I don't know about I don't that. Want to, I don't want to see them at Wrestle Kingdom. Like, you know, great lads, but. Wow. <laughs> Is that Just a dig five. of me and Gareth for never going over to Wrestle Kingdom then? <laughs> <laughs> Your mood will drop if you see us appear on the TV. For fuck's sake. So they've got if, I saw you, if I saw you two about to have a match at Wrestle Kingdom, I'd say they look like nice dads. But I'm not sure if it should be held at the Tokyo Dome, you know? Um, I would second that, and I'd be very heavily questioning the booking. <laughs> yeah, I disagree just because I want to do a run-in, but other than that, yeah. <laughs> just, so, just so we could ruin the idea of a Tokyo Dome show forever. <laughs> we could go for them never six-month tag belts, surely. Surely Benno would be in the mix as well. He's got them, trunk, go, he's yeah. got them trunks behind him there. You can... Uh, <laughs> Get them in the washing machine and get them on. We'd have to start blading in a minute. We'd have to start blading in a minute and a half just to get any interest from the crowd. I think the the light tubes will be out. We just go for Matt Tremont versus like Maseshi Takeda. I'm up for that. I'm not, but I appear to have brought myself into it. And it'd still be better than the King of Pro Wrestling stuff. So yeah, Yeah. good idea, stuff. That's true. That's true. <laughs> King of Dad Wrestling, new tournament. Um, <laughs> to open up next year. I want to something there. Uh, um, speaking of dads, the dead one, the only other match we haven't talked about, and I suppose it's more what's coming out of it that's interesting. Uh, Kenta and uh, Kojima, a uh, little uh, little Moxley promo there from uh, the New Japan USA Dojo. He's still around and he's still the champion, apparently, uh, despite the fact that uh, it feels like Kenta's been the champion this uh, this entire run. Uh, you know, Kojima was a, a sub, and it felt every bit of sub match. It was fine. You know, it wasn't bad in any way. It was for me a very gentleman's three of a match and. Yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Moxley. I don't know if uh, I don't know. What do you reckon, Steph? Do you reckon that's uh, that's a USA thing? Do you think Moxley? I can't see Moxley coming to Japan. Do you, do you think maybe no. uh, Tony Khan's uh, let the, let that little uh, that little stip go in the in the contract and uh, maybe allowing him to do a New Japan USA show at some point? Yeah, I think that um, Tony Khan, I'm sure, could reach some sort of nice gentleman's agreement with New Japan to let Moxley defend this title in the U.S. against Kenta. I mean, the thing about this match was, I of all the matches, to me, this was the one where the, it was 100% a foregone conclusion. There's no way you could put Kenta through all that and then take that briefcase off him. Like, this guy has to... You know, he has to face Moxley. And also, mm. as much as I would have loved to see Moxley, I just, I worked myself into really not wanting him to turn up, only because I had tweeted out Tony Khan saying that he wouldn't. And I just felt like if he did turn up, everyone would think I was a liar. <laughs> and that's the dangers of uh, being a journalist. 
<laughs> but takes out there professionally, that's what can happen. Yeah. Even unprofessionally true. like us. But you know, there were so many people holding on to the hope that Moxley would turn up because he hadn't been on, on Dynamite and stuff. And I was just thinking, you know, like, this guy's not giving up his Christmas, first Christmas with his pregnant wife. No mm. way. He's mm. at home. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you guys, any thoughts on that or, or Kenta and Koji in general? It's not really a match that you can really what? dissect, is it? It was fine. It was great to see Tenzin out there, you know? He got a couple of yeah. runs out there with a couple of days. I would sooner have seen this than Juice Robinson. I thought even from a nostalgia kind of perspective, the fact that Kojima's 50, and when I started watching kind of Japanese wrestling back in, in the sort of the early 2000s, he, he was like the main man. Like he was the guy who was the, you know, the IWGP and all and Triple Crown champion at the same time. You know, this was you know like an absolute legend. So I always get something from it, and I enjoy Kenter as a character. I wondered as soon as Moxley appeared, and I thought, well, they're probably going to do it in that dojo. In which case, is that going to be the on the first episode of whatever TV show that they've got? Is that the thing that they're going to lead with? Is Tony Khan going to allow him to do that? You know, it's 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 those little things that I came away thinking with that. But as a means to it, for something that's very very stale, like the briefcase gets defended more than the title, which is not a good sign in wrestling. But at at the same time, it was I thought I went three stars on it, but I enjoyed for what it was because it wasn't overly long, and it never was going to be, and it delivered what I thought it would deliver. I had no great expectations for it. I'm just glad that they're getting to the Moxley stuff because then, then you can do something with this title. Then put it on Kenta and make it Kenta's title because he's very, very engaging as a character. The matches have a limit. It's not the Ring of Honor Kenta, Benno, but at, at, the, <laughs> at the same time, this version of Kenta, I'm really intrigued seeing. And I'm also one, he's possibly the only real element of the Bullet Club implosion stuff I suppose actually Jay White I do say that but where Kenta fits into it all is something that does intrigue me about what what happens with him because he's not like it's not like he's a leader but he's not a follower at the same time so it's just like I think he adds a, a very different dynamic and his backstage promo is always well worth watching as well Wish he was the leader, to be honest. But, you know, uh, well, at least, uh, you know, if it's going to be evil, uh, I'll take Kenta any day. Yeah. yeah. Anything you got, Arthur Nola? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't got much detail on the on the match at all. Like it was, it was one of them that was was fine. I think I gave it three point two five. You know, it was a it was an enjoyable enough match. Kind of match. It was one of those where I just liked seeing Kojima and Kenta at Wrestle Kingdom having a match kind of thing. So there was that element of positivity for, for there from the mox point of view again it was good to see that that belt's going to get defended surely it's going to happen on you know tv um, obviously in a new japan um, ring in, a, in, in america and, and i think mox is probably in a position there now where if tony khan did try and block it it'd be you know you're kind of a bit like what so you're fucking telling me that um kenny omega can turn up on impact can he and he can have you know he can have matches on an impact pay-per-view and i can't just fucking defend this belt that i've that i've got when we're in this situation it's kind of almost 
I think the situation's probably been a good bargaining tool for Moxley as well, really. And I think in that situation, Khan's not going to turn around and put his, uh, put his foot down. Is he, you know, he's probably going to be a bit more open to a bit more discussion there rather than piss Moxley off, um, you know, one of his, one of his top guys. So it was probably a, probably a decent bargaining tool there. And I think one of the intriguing parts for it for me is I think in Abushi's interview today, didn't Abushi talk about sort of like merging the two belts and it rather than it being dual champions and it almost, you I think the the intercontinental getting swallowed up, you know, and it just becoming one almost, you know, it just becoming the IWGP title again, and you know these thoughts of the belts been separated um, and defended separately, sort of going out of the way. In which case, the US title is going to need to step up as that sort of secondary title. Um, you know, behind the top one there as well. So I think the sooner they can get the belt into a usable working position, then at least, um, you know, then at least it's, it's going to be something for them that's positive to build, uh, build going forward. And, you know, it is, if, if that is the case and that is what's happening, it, you know, it's kind of going to be disappointing to see the, the intercontinental belt just, just vanish really. But um, I could be wrong with that. Mm. Yeah. They've teased it before. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's at that point, like I, I, if if it was me, I would have had a big intercontinental title match on night one and a big, you know, world title match on night two. I think there's ways you could split them back up and make them their own thing. But yeah, it's probably better than the dual belts thing if they do finally merge them and move the never up or move the cruiserweight up, uh, the junior up or something. Maybe that that's the uh, that's the solution there. Um, I don't know, but yeah, that throws to the floor. That kind of that that that's uh, that's everything from the two shows. Definitely an, an enjoyable couple of uh, couple of mornings of Wrestle Kingdom. It was. It, I'm glad it happened. You know, I'm sure there's there's detractors to it even happening. You know, with the COVID situation in Japan right now, and who knows how much more live New Japan we might get. Uh, in the coming months, for all as uh, for all the big angle at the end, Kenta's uh, Kenta's big match. Uh, let, let's hope it it does still uh, get allowed to go ahead. But uh, anybody, any other thoughts on, uh, on on New Japan or, or Wrestle Kingdom in general? All, all pretty much a thumbs up, I would say. Yeah, I think so. No, oh, that was that... my thought. It, it was a good show. I think they <laughs> did the best that they could in in the circumstances, and um, yeah. you know, yeah, it, it was great. I mean, I think when I was okay. when I was looking on the, you know, I was looking at the ratings, obviously as I do, and um, um, I, th- I think one of the things that stood out was where, like last year, the top two matches uh, that were on Wrestle Kingdom, you know, the absolute, you know, elite level matches, almost, you know, the Akadri Bushi match last year averaged out at four point eight four. The Akada Naito match last year averages out at 4.84 as well, whereas, you know, the, the match this year, or, you know, the Akada Ospreys, it stands been at 4.63. It's, you know, just a, a, you know, a lick behind those really sort of things. So, so we didn't have, um, match, while we had good matches, there was nothing that, you know, fell into, uh, the category that those two delivered last year. And ultimately those two were, you know, some of the best Wrestle Kingdom matches, you know, ever based on, on, on ratings on the app. I think what we did have though this year was that there was like five matches this year that averaged over four stars, whereas there was only four matches which averaged over four stars last year. So there was just that one extra match there that sort of tipped into that four star or, or above category. So it did feel like there was a bit of a broader spread of, you know, better quality matches this time. Time around, and then obviously you had less shit on the card, with there being less matches on on the two cards as well. So you know, I think as a as as a pair of shows, I think they they probably delivered as a whole more than last year from ratings on the app, and I, I kind of almost feel 
at the stain myself, really. I've, I've come away from it from feeling pretty down on New Japan over the last couple of months or, or so, whereas, you know, I've, I've left the end of the second show today feeling really positive, really upbeat, feeling like it was, you know, two really strong shows where there have been some good matches, built intrigue for me for the, for the show that's, that's coming tomorrow, but then also intrigue around, you know, where a lot of these guys go from here now, you know, thinking about, okay, well, what's next for Ricardo? What's next for Naito? What's next for Jay White, obviously, with that um, storyline in particular, and, you know, where, where does... Osprey and the Empire go from here and things like that. So I think it's, you know, it's left um, it's left me feeling a lot fresher. I think it's freshened things up from a from a New Japan standpoint as well, which they've managed to do without needing to, you know, lean back on names who've been missing for a while or, or, or anything like that, really. So yeah, I feel like it's been a you know cracking cracking start to the year, and yeah, let's let's hope it continues for New Japan and we get a better twenty twenty one than we than we than we got a twenty twenty. Yeah, I think for me it kind of it lightened. I think for me to be honest, I, I, I had a bit of a different takeaway, but I ended up in the same place. Like I think I've realised these last few months, New Japan isn't the same New Japan as it was in the Okada Tanahashi period. It just isn't. It's over, uh, but it's still good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if it's going to give us matches like the the headline matches that we talked about here today. I'm I'm still going to be watching. Um, I'm going to question things like you know, Evil and Sonata getting their their role on the cards, and you know. Other people like Great O'Khan apparently being the, the next big project and you know some of the booking in general. Um and I do think it does need freshening up. Um let's see if you know that does hold through in twenty twenty one. But yeah, I, you know, I, I think I was reminded while I've been down in this period and as we always say, JP were always down in the in the, the year end period towards mm-hmm. Wrestle Kingdom, usually when tag league is it's never a big period for New Japan, but this feel year did feel more down than most. They have had to, like all the promotions of the world, deal with COVID, so I suppose there's that too. But at the end of the day, it's still New Japan. It's still good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not... There's still got to be something worth your time, uh, even if maybe we are not as high as, as we were maybe, you know, a year ago or more more to the point two years ago. I was going to say, yeah, two years ago, it was like... it was at, it, You realised that two years ago was kind of at its peak... And really, at that point, we've been on that kind of slide down until they kind of sort things out. And they made a lot of decisions. Some of this stuff is is kind of very much self-imposed through some of the booking. However, I think where this needed to deliver for me to feel good about it was in the ring. And it did at least three times, Um, really, if not four. And that's the thing that I've been missing from New Japan. It goes, it went from sort of one extreme to the other where it was kind of all the big matches, but you needed to have these other kind of storylines to kind of keep you engaged. And you do that around the factional warfare. Then that became the kind of everything was focused in on that was sort of intra bullet club and LIJ factions. And it's just like, that's not going to appeal to me. Can I just have some good matches? Is that, you know, that's fundamentally why I'm here. And this one, I felt there was a lot less of the bullshit. And, um, there was a lot more focus than what it had been. They've got someone in the top position who is got a much better chance of delivering good main events in Kotorobushi than you have in Tetsuya Naito, regardless of star power or anything else. He's clearly kind of at his physical peak, really, at this stage, Ibushi, for what you're going to get out of him from here on out. So he clearly makes sense. So overall, there are things in the direction of New Japan that I I still am looking forward to seeing. And I wouldn't have been able to say that really even a week ago. 
I felt very down on it. And like, I think the stuff that I was kind of going in there really not looking forward to, like your evil and sonatas, I thought was okay. And some of the stuff for me kind of over delivered. And I also didn't think it was going to hit the five star because of the crowd reaction and not being as many people and it being COVID, like you've said. So I think overall, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go. The thing I want to see from them in 2021 is just put on some good main events and don't feel the urge to go half an hour every time. You can have a good 15 to 18 minute main event, like, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's it. Not every week has to be Wrestle Kingdom. I exactly. suppose is the uh, the other lesson there. But yeah, like I say, all came out pretty positive out of it, and yeah, it was uh, all in all, I think a, a successful couple of days. And let's see uh, what January uh, brings for New Japan. But yeah, we're uh, we're near the three hour mark, so we'll uh, we'll we'll stop it there. I'm just gonna say yeah before we go, uh, Steph. Anything you want to plug? Uh, thanks again for uh, for coming on with us and uh, and chatting Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, you're welcome. It was, uh, it was great to, uh, chat Russell Kingdom with you guys. Um, yeah, my Twitter, you can find me at Stephanie M. Chase and on YouTube, Stephanie Chase Wrestling. And, um, I've started every week doing a live stream all about what has happened in AW that week. So if you really love AW, um, come watch it and you can always find out when it's going to be uh, on my Twitter or YouTube. Awesome. Uh, JP? Anything from you? Yeah, you did a great round table. It might have uh, slipped under people's radar. Yeah. Uh, Christmas Eve, little Christmas present you dropped for everyone. Yeah, yeah, a little, little, um, yeah, little New Year's present. Who's mm. just after then as well? So yes, we did. Uh, oh, you mean the first round table? So we did the <laughs> TNA round table, um, <laughs> which was a couple of weeks ago. Um, and that was great with Nate Milton and Eddie Sideburns, kind of going into the highs and lows. And a TNA conversation can go in some very weird places. And, and my God, we did as <laughs> it well. Did. Oh, it yeah. did. There was stuff that Nate was saying. And I was like, Oh my God, I'd forgotten all about that. And here we go. Um, but yeah, and I always got to bring up the point that. I always bring up when mentioning TNA that only me and you see, which is Ron Killing superstar that never happened. <laughs> um, so there was that. Um, I would also say as well, I was on the uh, post-wrestling Kenny Omega roundtable, um, which was great. And Martin did a tremendous job because there was like six of us on that and mm. like having to ferry us around. And that was really good fun. Um, so I'd advise having a listen to that as well. And you can find me on Twitter at JPGP3Es. Awesome. And Gareth, what's going on at Grapple? Yeah, it's been a busy couple of days, obviously. Wrestle Kingdom's one of the biggest time of the year, so just big thanks to everybody who's uh, got their ratings in so far. If you haven't got your ratings in, make sure you get on the app and uh, stick them in there. If you haven't downloaded it, you know, get on App Store, get on Google Play, and uh, just search for Grapple, maybe, and download the app, and yeah, get yourself, uh, get yourself involved there. It's been a... Uh, it's been cracking today. There's, uh, you know, I'm looking at things and within 24 hours, we've got like over 500 ratings coming in there for some of the stuff on day one. So, you know, it's been really, uh, really active. And, you know, when you, when you're looking at these things and you're, you're trying to get a feel for opinions out there, there's literally no other statistical, uh, level of, uh, ratings out there that you can, that you can see. So it's, uh, it's, very much the the home for match ratings so yeah get yourself get yourself involved uh, in that one uh, if you follow us on twitter at grapple app then um, 
we'll be releasing quite a few different uh, just top tens and what have you, little summaries, little graphics, just uh, looking at Wrestle Kingdom and just comparing some of the previous years and some of the best matches as well. So uh, look out for that. And then also within the next fortnight, probably aiming for middle of January, we'll be publishing the, the Grapple 100 again, which is the top 100 matches of 2020 based on ratings of the app as well. So that's um, something that will be going live on our website and we'll be releasing some stuff on social media about two where obviously you can go through and you know you've got a great big list of the, the 100 best matches of 2020 so you can see what you've watched go back re-watch the best stuff maybe pick out a few uh, uh, obscure ones or ones from different promotions that you maybe haven't seen as well and just uh, yeah pad out your viewing during the lockdown because uh, we're all gonna have plenty of time on our hands to catch up on a bit of wrestling for sure. Uh, and yeah, there'll be, a, as we've mentioned uh, a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, there'll be an accompanying podcast going along with that too. Uh, we will be go- looking at the uh, the top 10 matches of the year from from our point of view. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll have a fun uh, guest on to do that as well. So look for that in your feed next week. Um, and we'll be doing the uh, the roundup as we did uh, we did last year. Uh, also, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a busy Christmas season and I know uh, like uh, like everyone else, I'm way behind on my podcast. So if you did miss our, our Q&A, our, our Ask Grapple uh, Christmas party set, celebration uh i'll say to everyone you know don't even bother with the audio watch the video you get, you get a few uh a few nice little uh, nuggets in there that you maybe don't get in the audio version over on our youtube uh, scary amount of people have seen that <laughs> i know it, it did really well i was made up with the obviously all made up with the with the numbers of that one so hopefully we can uh, put something together i like that i like that again soon but i don't know We'll uh, we'll have you. Uh, you you were on the on the look for some uh, s- s- some nice uh, white claws, JP. Maybe we'll stick to that next time rather than the beer. Um, we'll uh, we'll we'll do it again for sure. So uh, yeah, check that out. Indeed. So yep, again, follow me on Twitter at Benson Richard E. As uh, Gareth has pointed out, lots going on at Grapple. Follow Grapple on Twitter at Grapple App. And yeah, we'll be back with another show next week. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs> you want to talk to Switchblade JY? I'm sorry. You're just kidding, Jamie. Everything I've done. Sacrifices. The years away. When I first left New Zealand, I didn't see my family. My parents, I didn't see them. For three and a half years. Because I dedicated myself to this! I put everything into this. I believe in myself like you wouldn't believe. I know what I can do. I know. At least I thought I knew. No matter how much I feel like I know it in here and in here, no matter how much I believe, that is my moment, my time, that is my destiny, that I was about to become God. End up being wrong. End up being wrong. And don't you love that, huh? You like me saying that? You enjoyed that? I was wrong. I guess it wasn't my destiny. Last year, no, it wasn't. Was it this year? No. Still.
that make you all?